and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Episode 356. And here we are back again to do another fun commentary track. This one for a movie that worked worked better than the last one we did. <laughs> quite, quite. quite. Yes. A movie that works as a sequel and a greatest hiss package, I think, much more effectively than than, than Halloween did. Interestingly, yes. Yes, on both yes, counts. I didn't yes. think about they, they, they could actually they could have they could have learned a lot from uh, the way this movie was <laughs> The, the the way this movie was structured in trying to accomplish moving the story forward, but yet recognizing and acknowledging and homaging things in the past. Yeah, they this is a really good blueprint for for for. Be interesting to see how Ram how Rambo does. You know, be interesting <laughs> to see how if if Rambo captures any of those beats. Even though I don't think they'll. Yeah, I was gonna. I was just about to say I don't think he'll Stallone will go out of his way to give us a, to do a lot of. Oh, that happened in this movie, but that. Then I stopped, and I think, considering it's supposed to be the last one, yeah, there might be some th- throwbacks to, at least like Rambo 2. Right. And so, yes, here we are. So everybody figured it out by now. We're here to do the com- commentary track for Creed 2. Uh, Ryan and I both liked this movie tremendously when we saw it, and we talked about it in the fall. <laughs> I don't think anything. Yes, I don't so think, much that we're talking yeah, We've already done a podcast about this one. That's right. I mean, this one, which you would have done for Halloween 2 if circumstances had had uh yeah See, well if we had if we had done it for halloween then i don't think i would have done the commentary true, track actually, you're right we would have vented we would have given you two episodes of that you're movie. right we would have we would have we would have vented it's yeah it's, i know this is a sore subject it's kind of like if we had done a a last jedi review we certainly wouldn't have been doing a last jedi commentary track <laughs> and this is the part where ryan and i walked out no it's like <laughs> All right, so all right, so we're gonna get this sucker going. Um, I, I binge watched this thing for a lot during the first week that it came out, like in March. But I, I haven't watched it like in about a month now, give or take, maybe about three weeks. So, so, so we'll see if that does anything. How it impacts me at all on this? Probably not much at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as much as I like this movie, I, now I mean, this will be my third viewing. I, I saw it in the theater, and then the day it dropped digitally, I bought it and I watched it that day, but I haven't seen it since. So. Oh. Uh, but but since then I have watched more of the Rocky movies, including I finally watched Rocky Balboa just today. So there you go, getting it under the wire. <laughs> yep, yep. So we can talk about that one a little cool. bit, but uh, I think we'll probably wait till the end of this one to do our revised rankings. Yes, absolutely. Ready to go? 
Yep, ready when you are. All right, so we're at the five-second mark, and we're about to play right now. Looking at the eye of the tiger I, or the lion. Yeah, <laughs> the I, lion. Know, I thought the same thing. Hey, it's the eye of the tiger, except you realize it's the MGM lion. But for a moment, you can believe. <laughs> it's, still, it's still apropos, no matter what. Yep. So, we're ca- so right now, we're both going to hit play, and here we go. Yes, the illusion, the illusion is ruined. It's a lion. <laughs> oh, that's the, oh, that's Stallone. So tricky. <clears throat> it's gonna be weird not listening to the music because the music is kind of interesting in this movie. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's not a classic Rocky soundtrack, or it doesn't come close. But there are some. But the, but the Drago theme is pretty awesome. It is. I, I even when we first talked about it, I liked the Drago theme. And, Hang on a second. Do I have, I'm just making sure that my my audio is all the way down. But yeah, I don't hear anything. Okay. Ah, uh, Drago. What did you think about this opening? Like setting it, you know. I like I like the way they did it. Oh, he punches Victor, which is so, which is not subtle at all, but it does speak volume. But but without saying a word, it speaks volumes about their relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so that was nicely done. I like the I like the way they do this. I also wouldn't have minded if they kind of had if they had him like dreaming a little or before you realize who it is and having like some some like either mute sounds or something or if not visuals from the fight with Rocky. But mm-hmm. uh, I know they kind of went down that road with the beginning of Rocky V, which of course is the the best part of Rocky V. <laughs> but <laughs> but I wouldn't have minded that a little, just so you know that he, this guy is haunted literally by that fight. Uh, right. But the way they introduced this and this scene right here in particular, when you get the first real good glimpse at Drago, that's mm-hmm. that's pretty effective. This gosh, this reminds me of the the beginning of Iron Man Two. Yes, <laughs> when, you see, when you see Vanko with his drunken yes. his father dying of probably dying of cirrhosis or something, and like the squalor that he's living in. When, and yeah, so the whole thing of the last time we saw you know Drago as this like hero with like you know a, a poster of him the size of an entire wall in like the Russian Coliseum in Moscow, and now just living in squalor in Kiev. Like yeah. not even in his own country, but yeah, that's true. He's exi- he's exiled too, uh, and going going from uh, basically having the American people know the na- the Soviet national anthem more from Rocky Four than from any of the Olympics <laughs> <laughs> to, to this. But so with with Victor, basically this is almost like the equivalent of you know of like Rocky fighting in the in what the the church or whatever it was in the first movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the so, but it's also, I mean, as we're going to see some of the parallels, you see, I mean, we, we mentioned it beforehand how, like, and you talked about, like, the greatest hits, you know, package of this. We're going to see in a lot of ways this mirrors more Rocky Three than yes. Rocky Two. So we're kind of seeing the, you know, the, the challenger to the throne in this case, when it was Clever Lang in Rocky Three, he's coming from hunger. You know, he's 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 fresh. He, he's you know, he, like on the streets, he's more. I think they even compare him to like a rabid dog in this case. And, and you kind of like see the parallels here. You know, where whereas you know Drago was in the state of the art, you know, right. the, the state of the art like Olympic facilities when he was training the last time we saw him, 
and in order to beat him, Rocky had to basically train in the elements and in the wood, in the frozen woods and the mountains. That does seem to be the recurring theme of these movies. Is like the the real testament is how well you train against the elements in yourself when you when you come from nothing and you're hungry. And that seems to be the thing that gives you the edge in these fights, and we see that sort of thing reversed a couple of times in some of these movies. So. And in this movie, actually, when you think about yeah, yeah, yeah. what we'll talk about when we get to, right. but that's something that hit me too as I as I was binge watching at the idea that yeah. how yes, how the you know the old school new school thing kind of how it kind of like turns around twice in this movie. But you are correct that this movie in many ways has more elements of Rocky three in it. It does have some elements of Rocky two in it. And Rocky Four is just a framing device just because of the conflict that we saw between Apollo and right. Ivan Drago. But in many ways, yes, this, there are some – obviously, there are some similar beats, but it's, but it's oh, not – Oh, Max Keller, my favorite. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. The, the, the thing they want you to believe real easily in this movie that, you know, in the course of three years <laughs> – Yes, it's hard to overlook because it's relevant. Because it's, it's like if, if if Adonis, if everybody can do it, then Adonis doing it makes it not special. The fact that Adonis was a light heavyweight, and he, we were told by uh, at the end of the last fight when he with Conlon that uh, oh you're the future of this division. Obviously not, because within three years and like six fights, now he's fighting for the heavyweight championship of the world against the guy who should who was supposed to be fighting for the light heavyweight championship <laughs> instead of him in the first yeah. movie. So both these guys were able to make rise up to become heavyweights and eventually a heavyweight champion. And the worst part of this, as I ramble on briefly, <laughs> is the fact that Wheeler as as they play they play up this point even during the commentary of this fight, that essentially Wheeler's already over the Hill, but yet he was mm-hmm. able to rise up from light heavyweight to heavyweight champion during the time he pretty much was over the hill and passed his prime. Right, right. <laughs> kind of was kind of a stretch. Yeah, you know what though? Like, and it this doesn't make sense, but like to me, like looking at Donnie here, he doesn't seem that much different or that much bigger than he would have in like the first Creed movie. But like when Killmonger takes his shirt off, <laughs> in, like the Battle of the Waterworld, like I can believe he's a he's a heavyweight. It's the same yeah. guy, same body, but you know, it's. Just, I don't know. So, uh, and yeah, the I, I mentioned it last time. Like, I love the opening of seeing Bianca and and putting the hearing aid in, reminding her that like that uh, she's partially deaf and losing it, and that will become a, a factor later on in this movie too. So, yeah. Um, and Stallone looks good in this. Like, I, I kind of expected them to like continue to play up the fact that his character was, you know, suffering from cancer in the last one. They really didn't do that for this one. He's just kind of like that's not a, that's a non-factor in this movie. It's just he he beat it. It looks like so. Yes, and I'm glad I'm I'm glad they did that. I know a lot of it people, would have been a distraction, but yeah, yeah, because the one thing I mean, many things when it comes to this franchise, we can agree on is the fact that nobody wants to see Rocky Balboa die on screen. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wants to see Rocky die on screen. If he's going to have to die, if they're going to continue this franchise, which we'll talk about as we get to the end. Basically, begin the movie with them already gone, like they did with. The, the, can, mm-hmm. why, why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You did it with Adrian. You did it with Paulie. <laughs> yes, really. <laughs> Other than Mickey and Apollo, uh, yeah, Apollo was still a bad choice. They did not. They shouldn't have killed right. Apollo. Carl Weathers was just too good to write him out and get him out of the series. Yeah. Uh, so now we. So after. So now we have Adonis finally. Well, finally, his relative. Since th- I mean, three years is a relatively long time, but not considering how young the character was supposed to be. Fighting his rival, Danny Stuntman Wheeler, to get his car back and to win the heavyweight <laughs> championship of the world. Yeah. 
but it's really about the car. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it, it really is about the car. Uh, so you kind of, in, in this fight, it's interesting because you kind of see the real flaws with with Adonis's style because it's like he's he's like an amalgam of Rocky and Apollo, except that amalgam makes him not good as he, not as good as either one. Yeah, he doesn't necessarily have the strengths of both. He's right, he, of, he's not he's not yeah. as good a boxer as Apollo, and he takes way too many shots he shouldn't take. And right. he's not nearly as strong and able to just plow through stuff as as Rocky is. So it, but this, but as we find out, this seemingly is, is his natural style. So, <laughs> so right. Um, and I, I think, I mean, they, they in the previous Creed movie they made a big deal like he didn't have the reach on um, uh, Conlon, Pretty Boy, uh, Ricky Conlon. Yeah. Um, and and I think they kind of. I think it's just something that they build into the character to kind of give it that underdog nature, whether it's Rocky or whether it's Donnie, that they have to be the type of character who can take a lot of punishment. That, you know, it's not going to be about a lot of, like, skill and dancing around the way Apollo fought. He's going to have to sort of be the bruiser, the guy who can take a lot of punishment and just dish it back in, but doesn't necessarily beat you with a lot of style and flash. And I think it's just because... That's. I mean, it might be kind of fun to watch, but if to to play it like to the nature of this type of character, this type of story, I just think you need that character to, to always be up against the ropes until the last round. So, yeah, I, I think I think the style, the limitations of his fighting style and his fighting ability are part of are kind of just built into what makes this type of movie work, right. sort of. Absolutely, because that that makes it more believable. Where he te- is the heir to the throne, as in for right, Rocky, right. that he can that he carries on. Because the difference, because part of the difference between Apollo and Rocky was that Rocky had you know Rocky was nowhere near as skilled, but Rocky Rocky had the the will and the the will to just keep going and, and take whatever needed whatever he needed to take to get the job done. Yeah, and, and yeah, and yeah, cause I I think it's like some of it, like I think in uh, Rocky two when um. Duke, does it, does it, Tony? Does, does Duke? Yeah, Duke says it to to Apollo when he's just like, "I saw you hit that man harder and more than any man's ever been hit," and he kept coming. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that is that is that is a that is a great that is a great line in Rocky too. It's like the man kept coming after you. We don't need that kind of man in our life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Apollo did, and that's why Apollo was no longer champion. Um, right, right. I love the scene too. Like, yes, he's getting ready to propose, and he goes to Rocky for it. So yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah I, <laughs> of all the things to go to Rocky for, of course, for advice about, <laughs> because we know how horrible he handled that in the zoo. But but it is nice. But it is nice, kind of like revisiting it, and and then Rocky like showing the showing the Yoda like qualities of, of 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 Rocky in his later years, and now he's able to realize what he should have said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, 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 as if she wouldn't mind marrying me very much, which I realize now is a stupid way of saying. <laughs> But yeah, my proposal could have been could have been better. Yeah, how about you and me? We go do something. What? <laughs> it's like, it's like, uh. And you could also see us pulling at Rocky's heartstrings too during this scene when he when he kind of wa- walks off that bring, bringing back a lot of memories that obviously that you don't need to dig too deep into Rocky's psyche to, for these memories to come out since we know. Since he goes keeps every Rocky movie since what well, Balboa, we see him sitting at Adrian's grave. So, right. <laughs> though uh, they at least have been going doing that less and less, <laughs> yeah. which is symbolic too, because of Rocky at least 
being able to at least move on a little bit and accept, you know, a little bit more of what status quo is. <laughs> yeah, you kind of I, I, I kind of figure if like at this point when he's like, you know, Donnie, he's got he's he's finally got the belt. He's the heavyweight championship. He's going to propose. He's going to marry Bianca. He's going to have this family. I think Rocky probably has retirement on his mind already. He's like, you know, this this kid doesn't need me anymore. And I, I think he's probably already be thinking like that his his time is is coming to an end. So that's true. He probably thinks he is kind of like come full circle and or pay, paid whatever debt maybe he felt that you know deep down yeah. he owed for Apollo. But uh, but but obviously fate and screenwriters, including himself, have had other had other plans. And I, I knew this when I was watching it too. Yes. I was like, he's gonna going through this whole thing, and she's not. She doesn't hear him. <laughs> it's like, and they def and they de- definitely do it. It's good that they followed up on the idea that you know, we, like she mentioned that you know, her, she's living on borrowed time with her hearing, right, right. Which obviously is a big, bigger factor, <laughs> a bigger factor in this movie. But it would been real. It would have been real easy to just like kick that can down the road. Kind of, and not really deal with it. Kind of, kind of like how Rocky was on the verge of going blind in Rocky Two, and we never saw that again. Talk, talk yeah. about revenge. Talk about you know an easy way out in Rocky Five. That's what they could have done in Rocky Five if they wanted to to get him from fighting. Without, yeah. Without, without even going into the brain damage thing. I mean, that, that would have been a way right there if they if they wanted to. Yeah, so it's a little harder to even. Re- that's even more irreversible, probably, unless he was getting some cornea transplant. Right. But at least the test he, retinas or something. Yeah. Right, but at least he's not. Yeah, actually, it could have just been. Yeah, it could have been like Sugar Ray Leonard. It could have just been a detached yeah. retina, and then he could have come. And he, so, but yeah, Rocky Five was better off left, <laughs> and the scrap heap is even Stallone knows. <laughs> I think that's why he did Rocky Balboa. He's like, no, we need to, we need to re, <laughs> we need to do yeah. a, a second version of of the finale to, to close out this character. So, I, I mean, I, I didn't know who Tessa Thompson was before the first Creed, um, but she has quickly become one of my favorite actresses. Um, I, I just love like the sort of naturalism that she brings to this performance. She's beautiful. I love her in these movies. I love her as Valkyrie in the Thor Ragnarok. Um, she's, uh, in a, a music video for her, like, Janelle Monet, who, like, they're, they're almost like girlfriends or something like that. Um, she's just, I, yeah, I just, I really like this actress. I, I love the performance that she brings to this. I think, I think she, they give her a little bit more meat and a little bit more to do than Adrian got in a lot of the, the Rocky movies, unfortunately. Um, I would agree with that. I think they, for, it would have been really easy, especially knowing what this movie was going to be about, for both her and Marianne to be completely pushed to the back right. burner. And because yeah, Adrian, after after Rocky Two, especially, she had a role, but a lot of that role was just oh, you know, basically without her approval, Rocky was going to be a Rocky Three. To be fair, Rocky. She- had a major, yeah, she, she had a major role in Rocky Three for bringing him back along with Apollo. Yeah, their 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 speech, their her monologue on the beach and everything yes. in that that scene is a great scene, and that's probably the, like the best that she ever got in the entire saga. Yeah, so let me amend my uh, statement. Let's say Rocky Three was where she peaked. Ro- from Rocky Four on, she was just kind. Of, I know, we know she loved him, but she kind of but she kind of just was there to like talk him out of everything he wanted to do, and then eventually she would she would come around, and then he'd be okay. <laughs> so. Um, uh, Victor's tough life, moving those pallets <laughs> around. You you know what I thought about probably the last the last time I saw this when I was watching this of like three weeks ago, 
Uh, when, when Rocky talks about him being raw, I was thinking, could you just imagine if Rocky had this guy? If Rocky trained him? <laughs> how good how good Victor could have really been or if, Rock, if Rocky had trained him? Oh, uh, yikes. Right? I mean, it's a, based on the raw power and, and the, the ability to take punishment the way he already is with, with no real experience at all. And if he was ra- and if he was quote, ra- not raised in hate, quote unquote, and trained pro- and trained properly, uh, that yeah, he could have been. That's what I was. It's hard not to imagine how devastating he would <laughs> a fighter he would have been. You mean if, if Victor just had somebody who loved him? Yes, yes. <laughs> Instead of punching him, punching him awake every morning. Mm. <laughs> Nothing says love like a bruise. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the relationship between Ivan and, and Victor, it's like, like I mean, it's Ivan doesn't even really see him as a person. He's a, he's a means to an end. Yep. He's just the instrument of his of his redemption, of his uh, of his comeback, uh, of his revenge. Um, it's just all about you know just molding this kid into the, the sword that he used to kind of like to, to kill Rocky and, and bring him about, bring about his comeback if he can. But, uh, yeah, it's, and I'm sure the, the, the kid is a reminder of what Victor lost too. So, or what Avon lost. Right. So even, even though, as we find out in this movie, losing his wife probably was a good thing for overall because she didn't really change much. <laughs> she is not, <sighs> she is not a nice character. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you 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 feel sympathy for for Avon at the end and how things have changed. Maybe you know, maybe he's looked at things differently. But uh, no, this movie is not very flattering towards uh, Ludmilla Drago at all. <laughs> and I think she should have come out like a Red Sonia again. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, even though she was pre- she was pregnant when they when they made this movie. No matter, sadly, <laughs> and she, was she? Yes. I know wow. she's like fifty or four or whatever, like yeah, but she was pregnant. They just—that's why they shot some of the scenes the way they shot it. Um, huh. Yeah. Uh, so here we are at the uh, at the visit to Adrian's grave, which I guess is—I con- mean, it's, it's also continuity keeping to let you know that in a way this is still part of that Rocky Balboa cre- began begun mm-hmm. trilogy. Uh, and it, and because it's he's he's you know he I don't know he seems a little more settled as in at least the last two movies so it's not as sad as in Rocky Balboa Rocky Balboa right. was pretty sad uh, now now we start getting to the, the the real meat of this 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 was this is pretty cool oh yeah this I I lo- I, I just remember feeling the tension of this moment in the theater like to see them in Philadelphia. To see like the the Russians have come, it's like Red Dawn. Like yes. the Russians have invaded, and there's just this sense of menace with like the building music and and then standing on those steps, Rocky's turf, you know the the place that means the championship to him, and them just kind of like, you know, Drago just looking out there like a right. conqueror. Um, like, God, in another lifetime, like, <laughs> um, Dolph Lundgren would have played Bane in a yes. Batman movie. <laughs> Because that's what the impression I get, you know. And it's like it's salt in the wound. It's like he knows it's a salt in the wound, but he's like he's like rubbing it in on purpose because he wants to. He's like he wants to feel the pain. He just wants to be, you know. It's like it's just because because Victor kind of like doesn't, you know. Victor's like you can tell he feels awkward about all this and what it means and the reminders and everything. But but yet you know, 
it's kind of like, uh, yeah, this is why we're here, and this is what we're going to do. <laughs> and considering it barely has any dialogue in this movie, uh, Fl- Florian, was it Monel Moreau? Moreau. Yeah. Uh, uh, he, he really does a good job with this role, considering mm-hmm. he conveys a lot of depth and a lot of emotion and a lot of thought, considering you barely see his barely see any dialogue or get hear any dialogue from right. him in this movie yeah there's something I, I hate to, to draw this comparison but there's something sort of animal about him like like and i like i drew the comparison before of like a, the like a rabid dog or something right. but he is like the way he's kind of been beaten by his father where like he just he knows hate he knows pain but that's the that's the only thing that he's loyalty right. to like he'll, he'll still die for just a chance that they'll have some sort of love and connection, and and he's certainly willing to kill for it in this case too. Yes. Ah, uh, the Drago Rocky reunion. Mm-hmm. It's still too bad there wasn't a little more meat to this, and and that yeah. they showed all this before the the movie came out, which we know, unfortunately, marketing. That's kind of what happens these days, but I do like the fact. That that he zeroes in on the fact that there's no pictures of him anywhere in this. Yeah. Yeah, and Rocky's refining. He's like, there's no pictures of that. He's yeah. like, that's not something he needs to remember. Right. On many on many levels, because since that fight, since this, that fight was so huge, you can make mm-hmm. you can make a case that that was the most. Other than other than, it's. I'm trying, but if if I want to say the probably the Rocky two fight, that in a way this the fight between Apollo. And Ivan Drago was his most important fight in the entire franchise because of the ramifications for everybody. Sure. I mean, it had all, so many people were affected because of the result. I mean, just in so many ways. So, but and I like the way that you know Rocky doesn't like he's not even sitting at the same table, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is really easy to miss when when they're doing the cutting here between that. But when you see that, yeah. when you saw that for a second, it's like, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. Yeah, and what, like the scene, like where they're coming from at this moment, you know. I mean, you know, I mean, Rocky's looking at this guy. He's like, "This is the guy who killed my best friend," you know, and and I beat him, and that took everything. But that was also like, you know, the last fight of my career. That was the the fight that ended my career. And and it, yeah, I mean, on a metatextual level, I mean, a lot of people would look at Rocky Four as where the series kind of jumped the shark. Yep. Um. But, I mean, to look at where Drago was coming from, you know, the fact that, you know, he lost and he could never get over that. And, like, what you see, like, with the loser of this match and how they're haunted by it. I mean, it's the same thing when Apollo, he won by that split decision in the first one, and that wasn't enough because right. the world thought he lost. The world thought he didn't deserve to win that one. And that's what drove him to that. And then in Rocky Three, he, he at the end of Rocky Three, he demanded that rematch again because he's like, I couldn't. He's like, you beat me by one second. <laughs> and you see yep. like the, these fighters who, who leave it, who who lose and just can't get over that. And they're just still driven by that over all these years. And, and that's where Drago is. He's like, I, you know, he's like, uh, he, he like he lost everything. He lost his country. As he's describing it right now. He lost his wife. He lost his country, and now he the only thing he lives for is to see what Rocky has just broken, broken down, and crumbled. So, I, I the, we obviously know we know the throwing in the towel analogy or metaphor or visual mm-hmm. is heavy in this movie. Sometimes too heavy. But yeah. like like even when they, when they were doing the ESPN thing, uh, Apollo Creed's trainer Rocky. Apo- 
Rocky wasn't Apollo's trainer. Duke was his. Rocky was there helping him train. Tony Duke was his trainer. <laughs> so let's not make it sound like oh, it was all. You know, it's obviously to set up the fact that Rocky is Adonis's trainer. <laughs> but right. it wasn't. Re- I mean, he was. And every, the thing that always bothered me about that is like it's not like. He already pushed the referee away once in, in the in the fight. It's not like just because he threw the fight didn't mean Drago was gonna wasn't gonna throw that last punch anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the menace of Victor showing up and obviously that's when when Rocky knows. Actually, this is something I thought about when I was watching these this movie a bunch of times. When he when he talks to Adonis in a few minutes, we're gonna find out that he knows about Vic, that he knows Victor's a fighter. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case. In all Rocky's wisdom, why did he not see this coming? <laughs> he knows Victor is a heavyweight. He knows so he knows Ivan Drago's got a kid, and he's a fighter. So why would he not think that that this was something that was coming? Maybe he didn't, maybe he did, but maybe he didn't think it would happen so soon. But it's not like he's completely in the dark about this guy. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. so that that's something that hit me after the fact. It's like, well, this, this kind of doesn't really. That's a little. That beat doesn't kind of like flow completely. Uh, but this, I like this conversation between Rocky and Adonis. As Adonis had blown off the steam, having to deal with the you know the challenge, and Rocky's doing the best he can to say, hey, you know, it's like we don't need that kind of guy in our life. <laughs> right, right. Which we've heard before. That's right. <clears throat> But it's good to have. I think it was good, you know, from a cathartic perspective to have uh, Rocky talk, maybe talk about this that the whole Apollo thing a little bit more, and mm-hmm. and he like he explained it in a little more detail about what the pros and cons of what happened in that about Apollo taking that fight and the fact that you know what where Rocky's real guilt comes from, which isn't you know, which is partially throwing in the towel, you know, but but. But the fact that Apollo shouldn't have been fighting him at all—that right. Rock, that Rocky was the—they wanted Rocky. Rocky was the guy that really should have fought him, from Rocky's perspective. Yeah, he—he—he he, he was pretty much as unqualified to fight for the championship as Victor is. To be fair, I mean, because I because he basically was just an amateur. He just turned pro. Right. So, but I I do like the way they do and they kind of like go into Rocky's head a little bit more. And the fact that much like that Adonis in the need to pr- Adonis and his need to prove things, his need to you know avenge things that he still has, he just can't. He's not comfortable in his own skin enough, and he can't just let you know just let things like roll off. Which is oh, which is easier said than done. It's always easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But and but deep down, you know, I think kind of like Rocky. Not I think Rocky wasn't. He was disappointed, you know, as we're going to find out, you know, with how things move along towards the confrontation between Victor and Adonis. But I don't think he's really surprised. I think deep down, I think he kind of know he he has to know Adonis enough to know that that it's likely that Adonis was going to do that. Yeah, I was gonna, yeah, and one of the things that is. <sighs> Despite the fact that this story at this point is formulaic and predictable, the characters' motivations are all true. Like, it never feels like anybody's really acting out of character. Like, you understand, like, at this point, like, yeah, everybody is telling Donnie, this is a mistake. Don't do this. This is stupid to fight this guy. 
but you know he's going to fight him, and you know why, and you know why it means something. And you also know the outcome of what's going to happen because <laughs> of his headspace, and that's that's kind of what Rocky's getting to. He's like, you're not right in the head if you're coming at this thing thinking that you're going to fight the guy who killed your dad, and it's it's not – that's you know that's the wrong angle to take in this and and you also understand that rocky he can't watch this happen again he can't watch history repeat this way so he he's not going to be with donnie if this is the path that he has to take you know and like you said and as we see later on in the movie i like the fact that they make it clear i mean they try to they're kind of hinting a little bit or at least adonis wants it's trying to get us to believe that Rocky just so is so sure that he can't beat this guy that that's the reason Rocky doesn't you know that that that's the reason why Rocky has reservations. When part part of that is clearly true, but not because he doesn't think Adonis is capable of beating this guy, but just because mm-hmm. again, like you said, he knows what Adonis is in his in his head. He knows that he knows that Adonis not fighting for the right reasons. So right. so so the outcome is fairly predictable because and the fact that as we find out later, which is one of the better parts of the movie, like we talked about in the review, that Rocky also knows if Adonis is gonna how if he's gonna beat this guy, how he has to fight him to beat him. And he also right. knows that where Donnie is at this point in his life and his career, no matter what Rocky said to him, even if that he probably would that Adonis the odds of Adonis listening to him and being right. Either humble or open enough to realize that, yeah, as, as opposed to saying, I'm the champ, I don't need to change, you know, things like that. So. Right. <clears throat> Another sleazy promoter. <laughs> we have seen plenty of those. Yes. But at least at least this is a little more real world-like. I mean, not that Don King – obviously, George Washington Duke was Don King. <laughs> so, so you can't say it really wasn't real world-like, but I mean – but. Not a caricature, at least. I mean, this is you, you could. This is kind of like a sle- a sleazy, you know, a sleazy promoter without the uh, you'll fight who I want, how you want, like George Washington Duke was. Right. And the echoes of this scene. I mean, we've seen scenes like this before, but it, it really strongly echoes in Rocky Three. You know, after Clover Lang challenges Rocky when you know Rocky is talking to Mickey, yep. you know, back at the house and everything, and and. Like yeah, Mickey's like you know, like Mickey basically kind of like confesses, you know, like oh, the the guys that you fought to to maintain the championship belt weren't at this guy's level. It's like you know, you you were fighting guys who were like safe to beat, and yeah. So and yeah, just like that feeling of kind of like basically saying like you're not ready for this type of fight. You may be the champ, but like this guy's gonna build this guy will kill you. So. Well, one of the funnier things I still remember, I have it somewhere, that in the Mad Mag- the Mad Magazine spoof of Rocky Three, when they when they had Mickey explaining that to, to Rocky about how you know, basically how you know they were handpicked and everything, and Rocky mm-hmm. stops it for a minute and goes, "Hey, that that explains the match against the 55 year old gay amputee," <laughs> and, and, and then he pauses for a second to go, "Come to think of it, she almost won." <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, some of those things that just stay with you forever. That was just funny. Um, <clears throat> All that line. Yeah, that line that was broke, great. That guy broke things in me that ain't never been fixed. And the look in, and the look in Adonis's face when he said it. So it's like uh, mm-hmm. one of the few acknowledgments of Rocky of the of Rocky Five, really. <laughs> mm-hmm. But an important one, clearly. Uh, and it's also, a, I mean, you can. 
uh, that's uh, the, the obvious like go to and I'm sure what that was referring to was the the mental damage the concussion the post concussion everything like that but you can also look at what it did to his career and yep. what it did to his family he, he like it, it he he didn't just break you know rocky like physically he killed apollo what that did to him how that just changed everything so yeah there that that type of line plays on a lot of levels which is why it is so good and why it's so memorable but and donnie puts it on front street that you think i'm gonna lose to this guy and raw <laughs> <laughs> yeah but raw can do a lot of damage <laughs> And well, what's the old, what's the old, you know, the old adage for like an athlete, you know, like a coach looks at two people, one of them has perfect technique, perfect form, and he, you know, he's able to run the 40 in like such and such time. The other one is like sloppy, he has no technique, no form, and he runs at the exact same time. Which one of those guys do you want on your team? And you would think, hey, get the guy who's like perfect. I said, like, no, they're, a smart coach takes the guy who's sloppy and untested, like an unformed. Because if you train him and you make him better and you improve his technique and his form, then he gets better. And then he's he, like the other guy has already peaked at that point. Right. So that's kind of this this whole idea. You know, you look at the, the fighter who's just like raw and untested. It's like, well, if you can mold that, if you can like, you know, just keep chiseling that away at that until it becomes, you know, this this perfected weapon, then that's that's right. uh, something that's truly dangerous. And Adonis taking the cheap shot at Rocky. <clears throat> yeah. That that yeah, that still bothers me. It's like you get it in the heat of the moment, but he should he should be a little more a, a little more grown up and a little more respectful, not just of what everything. Yes, he he has done stuff for Rocky, but Rocky's done a hell of a lot for him too. Uh, he wouldn't be. I mean, realistically, yeah. Rock, Rocky would probably be dead if Adonis didn't push him to get the treatment. But of course, if Rocky hadn't taken Adonis in and started training him and everything else, Adonis wouldn't be the heavyweight champion of the world either. So, it's he should. I mean, realistically, it's frustrating, and I understand. Kind of like Rocky was pissed at Mickey for walking away from him at the statue dedication. I mean, he said he, you know, and how he said he was going to retire when they got back to the house. That you got, you can fight him without me. That thing, but. He should be able to understand. He should be able to understand why Rocky wouldn't want to do this. Which, which in the big picture, probably it was all part of Drago's strategy to begin with. He probably figured that Rocky would not that Rocky would not be willing. He would not feel comfortable training him for this fight. I kind of thought about this too. Or that I bet you that was part of part of the master plan was he probably figured because of the head games and Drago's really good at head games. That's the one thing you have to even going back to Rocky mm-hmm. Four. Yep. Ivan Drago is really good at the psychological warfare aspect of this. Right. So I think even even the, even doing the stuff at the re, you know even doing the stuff at the restaurant like at, when he's walking out, good picture pointing to the Apollo. You know that's a good pointing to the picture of Apollo and things like that. Yeah, and bring yeah bringing his son in just at the very end, just yes. like to kind of like leave that punctuation mark that that intimidation factor. Yeah, he's like he didn't need to see Rocky face to face. They could have issued the challenge over the television, everything like that. But he had to make it personally. He had to spook Rocky. Yes, and yeah, yeah, by saying he want you know he, my son will break your boy, that just to get. Yeah, just to put that in and to, and to dig up the old wounds for Rocky, too. So, I, yeah, I definitely think that was part of the the plan figuring. And and if, as we're going to see, if uh, Victor had a little self a little more self-control, though it's understandable why he 
when we get, we'll talk about it when we get there. But I think that's like the one villainous moment I think a borderline of Victor in this movie. But yet in character and and based on where he's come from and everything, the way he's treated, I actually it's still in character. So I think you can understand it. Uh, Marianne Creed's first real appearance in the movie. <laughs> yeah, and I love the way she plays this scene too. Yes. Like the, the way this plays out and everything, and how they've got this secret that they got to tell her, and yes, she <laughs> she has a secret about them that they don't even realize. <laughs> so yeah. And as they, the split between Rocky and the and Adonis is now pretty much official, even though she like Marianne doesn't know it's official. Mm-hmm. That they're moving, you're moving out to L.A. So, based for two yep. reasons, of course. So, but Bianca can, she got her record deal, so she can move forward with her music for the time she has left to be able to hear. And of course, now we also know that we suspect, even though this we don't know this yet. Logically, going back to the first movie, we figure that Adonis is going to end up training with with uh, Duke's son now. Right. Uh, and again, in, in Rocky Three. You know, he went he went out to L.A. to train too with with Apollo and Apollo's yep. crew. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like you got to see. She's like, I already know, and they're like bracing for it. And she, yeah, she drops it. She's like, Yep. <laughs> yeah, Bianca's pregnant. And they're like, No way. And they all, uh, oh, it's a joke. Oh, you got jokes. Yeah. <laughs> and then this moment with Bianca, she's about to do it when she's like, no, 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 I'm not pregnant and everything. Yeah, they're laughing it off. And then she grabs the wine glass. And then yeah. it just stops. Yes. Don't swallow. <laughs> Don't. Just spits out the yeah, wine. spits it back in. <clears throat> Don't touch! I don't care if you. I don't care. There's a bead on it. <laughs> which is interesting because, of course, at first, at first, you just think, which is partially true, but mm. not exclusively true, that the reason why she's upset is because now that her career is starting to take off, this is not exactly the best time to get pregnant. But then, of course, as we find out, she's probably the the drive. The real reason deep down is because she's afraid that she's going to pass her her hearing. Condition mm-hmm. down to the baby because it can be hereditary, or she, or so it's. <clears throat> which adds a nice little, which is basically the this movie's version of Adrian being in the coma, waiting to give birth to uh, Rocky right. Junior <laughs> to Robert. Right, the threat to the pregnancy, the, yes. the danger there. Yeah. Yes. Which holy hell, how long was she in that coma? <laughs> Well, that was a long movie, as we talked about. Yeah, as yeah. much as I love, and I do love Rocky too. Rocky, Rocky two could have been a tad shorter, but it's a good character yeah. piece. That's why it's a it good companion to Rocky one. Is that you do yeah. learn a lot about about a lo- many of the characters. You, you certainly, I think, you get a little more insight into Apollo. You get a lot more insight into Mickey since that's the movie that made Mickey likable. Mickey right. was a jerk, really, in the first movie, which Rocky right. calls him on accurately. Uh, yeah. But the, the idea that most we all have of Mickey as you know the heart of gold kind of crusty old trainer really was born in Rocky too. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but <clears throat> and now, now, now we have the uh, oh, uh, I'm gonna tell you. So, the- so here's this other thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Talk about a mood killer. <laughs> and then he tries to play head games with her, which fails miserably. <laughs> 
Here's a here's a question that you probably know. How many actresses played Marion Creed? Counting Felicia Rashad, I believe a grand total of two. I believe this. Really? Yes, I believe the same actress that played Marianne Creed. Assuming Marianne was in the first movie, which I don't, I think she was, right? She was in the crowd. I think I so. She was, a, I believe, the same actress played her in Rocky Two, Rocky, and Rock. But she even, she wasn't even in Rocky Three. No, but Rocky, Rocky Four. Four. It was, the, it was the same. I'm pretty. I'm. I would be. We could check. Uh, I could. Check I'm, I'm going to go to IMDb. Uh, yeah, I am pretty sure that it was the same actress that played her in Rocky and all the other movies before they gave the role to Felicia Rashad. Which I, I would have sworn it was a different woman in all of those roles, but I could be way off. I'm. I'm certainly. I'm very. I'm very confident that the uh, the, the the actress who played her in Rocky Two played her in Rocky Four. I don't remember much about her in Rocky and in, in the original Rocky, but I, th- I still think it, I still think it's the same actress. I think it, but that's why I was. I mean, I wasn't surprised they recast this role because obviously in Creed that role was going to have a bigger import, so it made sense they went for a bigger name actress. But I, it's one of the things I noticed when they realized that Felicia Rashad was once I knew that she was going to be playing Marianne Creed. It's like, oh, they recast the role. Uh, All right, Sylvia Meals played Marianne in. Rocky Four and Rocky Two, so maybe she's not even in Rocky. Uh, she only has four credits in IMDb, and two of them are Rocky movies. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that you. One of the things you do, and we talked about this when we did the commentary track, that at least as, even though Stallone obviously butts head butts heads with people because they come and go, and sometimes he doesn't get along with people. He does have a large a large amount of loyalty, just like mm-hmm. the just like Isabel. You know the hostess, whoever, she, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever her role is. Maybe she's, you know, maybe like she's the manager now of the restaurant. That that's the same actress and the same character that was in Rocky Balboa, and that movie was, <laughs> and that was uh, 2006. So we're so we're talking 12, 12 years later. It's just you know, so the same actress playing the same character. And it's like he and he certainly didn't need to do that even for a sense of continuity because it's 12 years. You can make a very. It's like oh somebody. So it's besides showing loyalty for the character, that's the way Rocky takes care of people. That is also the fact that it's it's that there's a even bringing Spider Rico back. Rocky <laughs> I was going to say, by the, at this point, the Spider Spider Rico is probably his like accountant. <laughs> <laughs> and the deleted scene in this movie for Spider Rico was kind of cool. It was, I don't even know what it was. Oh, you didn't? Oh, you didn't, you didn't watch it? No, I haven't. It's it's at, at it's at Spider Rico's funeral. And basically, oh. I, and I think almost everybody there at the funeral is just Rocky, and I think the 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 guys from the kitchen at the restaurant and stuff at this hmm. point. So it's uh, – Butch, again, is another con- – keeping continuity from Rocky Balboa into that. Right. So <clears throat> I do li- – again, I do like the fact here that uh, little Duke over here, he completely he, – he also knows what <laughs> what he's going to be dealing with. So he he's another person who obviously knows about Drago's kid. <laughs> Yeah. So he has he has no illusions about what the, what they're getting into. <laughs> and now we have the old the relative relatively old school training certainly compared to certainly super old school compared to the way Ivan Drago was training. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Run faster! <laughs> I hit you with truck. Get up! Stop bleeding! God, that Spider Rico guy, that is another – he only has two credits in IMDb, Rocky and Rocky Balboa. 
it's it's inter- I mean, it's it's sad on some levels, but it's also interesting that again, Stallone gets the idea for and wants to bring a character back, and he has no mm-hmm. problem to bring it back. So that's 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 kind of cool. That's why it's kind of that's why it's kind of sad that uh you know Tony Burton. Well, I don't I'm, I don't think Tony Burton was dead when first Creed was made. I think mm-hmm. he died in between Creed and Creed Two, but uh, it was it was nice having Tony Burton back in in Rocky Balboa. Even though you can yeah. tell he was old and he couldn't really move too well then, because he most almost every right. scene of him was sitting down. But, right. <clears throat> oh, that's why, because the uh, Spider Rico guy Pedro Level was a fighter. He was an actual. <laughs> that's probably how he got cast. Yep. So he, he's not a professional actor. And I like the fact that little Duke here still like <laughs> he remains unconvinced too. <laughs> it's like we'll see. Uh, and while Adonis Adonis does train. Fairly hard. He does. He doesn't train Victor Drago hard. <laughs> he doesn't train Clubber Lang punching a hole in the heavy bag. <laughs> that's another way this resembles Rocky Three, where you have even though Adonis seems a little more focused than Rocky was <laughs> training for for that fight, but but Victor definitely has a uh, that Clubber Lang almost training alone. Just just that man, that whole vibe coming off of him. Uh, and the HBO, I do like the HBO sports tie-ins. They they started going back with Rocky Balboa to make it more yeah. re- believable and more realistic. I do like that. Yep. And there's Rocky just feeling sad and also feeling concerned. It's in, see, it's interesting also the techniques that they that they use. I mean, and it makes sense that they would focus on the speed. If if Adonis was more like Apollo, <laughs> right, right. Apollo Creed in his prime against Ivan Drago would have been a different fight. Right. I'm not saying he would have won, right? But it would have been a much different fight. Right. Now, Apollo Creed versus Clubber Lang would have been Apollo Creed would have killed Clubber. A hungry sure. Apollo Creed would have killed Clubber Lang. Because <laughs> Clubber Lang had, because Clubber Lang in a way had Rocky style, but he didn't have Rocky stamina. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was the whole point. Right? I mean, so, but which again, like I think we mentioned in my famous quote, according to the novelization, that the only reason Apollo really trained Rocky was because he knew there was no way that he was going to be, the commission was going to sanction a title fight between him and Clubber Lang because he was been retired for three years. But he knew if he fuck, he had one good fight, one great fight left in him, no tune-up. So if he if he could have gotten the ring with Adonis, I mean, excuse me, Clubber right away, he knew he could beat him. But mm-hmm. that's why Apollo was the next best thing. Ah, uh, you're much smaller than your father. Mm-hmm. Gotta love those head games. <laughs> you just, you have to, you have to respect that. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, yep, go ahead. Starting, starting the fight just like in, in, um, the other Rocky movies, just yeah, it's just the way these things devolve. Yeah, just the way you know, just yeah, just the way uh, almost yeah, but like, Apollo, like Apollo trying to go after uh, Avon and yeah, lots of stuff. But uh, it occurs to me in the um, the fan fiction sequel that we were crafting last time with you know Amara Creed and and Cloverfield's daughter in it, yeah, and Logan, yeah, and uh, everything like that. Um, the the one who's going to have to come back and train them is going to be uh, Ricky Conlon coming out of prison. <laughs> <clears throat> Club Lang, Club Lang, <laughs> you know if they do if they and I, I, we'll talk about this more at the end. But if they do another movie and they do end up deciding to kill, like like kill off Rocky, 
Which I assume if they're going to do – well, in my mind's eye, if you're going to do that, that's how the movie should begin and you have the funeral. Then finally mm-hmm. have your way of bringing Clubber Lang back in finally after after <laughs> after like three different – like Clubber Lang was supposed to be in Rocky Balboa. He was supposed to basically be the uh, Max Kellerman kind of commentator mm-hmm. role in, in Rocky Balboa, which would have been funny, funny as hell. I love Max <laughs> Kellerman, but come on. Clubber Lang would have been really good in that role, the born-again born again <laughs> Clubber Lang. That would have been great. But I, and I still have no idea how they were – they were they wanted to bring Clubber Lang into this movie, and I still have no idea what what the idea was in their head, unless he was just going to be in the crowd or something. I have no idea. I have uh, no idea. Yeah, I yeah. mean it just, but but yeah, if they're going to do a, they if, if they're going to have to k- kill Rocky off, then yeah, do a big have, have a big yeah, funeral, I, have a big funeral, and then but but again. Yeah, we'll talk about where we think this franchise should go if anywhere as this movie ends. But uh, the big first fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the fact. Well, I don't. I you feel for Rocky in this in this mm-hmm. moment. He's all alone at the restaurant. You know, he's basically trying to distract himself, and it's like then then he gets to the point where it's like I have no choice, but I got to turn this on. <laughs> And you get the wit and wisdom, the wit and wisdom of Rocky Balboa as he's watching everything unfold, knowing what's about to happen. And that suits that suits his character, though. I'm glad. I'm kind of glad they went that road. I could not like like Mickey, like Mickey and Yoda had a kid, and it's Rocky Balboa. <laughs> I, I keep going back to Colin though. His entrance with the fire breather was <laughs> yeah. that was epic. <laughs> You know, short of having the entire stadium sing the Russian national yeah. anthem, you know, having a fire breather come out to introduce you—that's that's pretty. Cool. Rocky, uh, Four, yeah, Rocky Four has a lot of weaknesses, but the but the visuals on Rocky Four aren't one of them. Uh, I, we, we'll, we'll talk about it more when we come back to our rankings because yes. I definitely changed position when I watched it when I rewatched it. So. Yeah, it, it's a great little like he. He knows what's gonna happen. Like he, he can't, he can't watch this, but he can't look away either. And plus, Victor trying to be a sportsman here, mm-hmm. and, and, and Creed like, yeah, hey, up yours, buddy. <laughs> not, not a good thing, man. <laughs> not a good. <laughs> Getting, a- antagonizing the almost unbeatable opponents never usually a good thing. <laughs> <clears throat> I love Little Duke's voice, that actor. There's yes, just something yes, about his yes. voice. Like, who does he remind me of? Like Tone Loke or something, but he's just got this this rhythm in his in his voice. So, <laughs> yeah, these people seem like they're in the same weight class. <laughs> yeah, as much as you know, five foot three or whatever Sylvester Stallone did with, with Drago in the first one in Rocky Four. It's funny. I was watching something. Actually, I think. I'm trying to remember what I, what it was. It was the interview. Was, there was some interview with Stallone and and uh, and and uh, Lundgren, and they were talking about the fact that, and like in some of the shots in the movie, that, that basically, I, I obviously he's taller than Stallone, but they but they amped up, they purposely shot it and did things yeah. differently to make him look even taller than Stallone. So mm-hmm. I, I so that was yeah, boom. <laughs> And just like that, <laughs> I mean, obviously the first shot that sent him against the ropes that he blocked was the, was the indicator that this is going to be a problem. <laughs> right, right. 
snaps back there. Yeah, and and I, and much see he comes he comes out like you know trying to be aggressive and trying to control things, kind of exactly what which was very surprising when you when the movie first came out, just like Rocky did in, against Clubber Lang in the first fight. Mm-hmm. You never, I mean, I never saw that coming. I mean, it makes sense because he's a professional that he would do that, but his head was so far up as you know what at that point because of everything going on with him that you right. would think there was no way that he was going to come out you know smoking like he did. So, but obviously Clubber Lang didn't either because he was stunned. <laughs> But, but yeah, I wonder how much of it is just wanting to. I mean, well, in the case of from Rocky Three, which like how much of it was just wanting to get it done over yes. with, just put it yes. put him down fast and and not like not rely on your you know techniques and, and tactics and everything and just like giving everything and, and just be, in this case being baited and lured into a right. trap because he can because obviously the Dragos have the stamina to to take a lot of that punishment yes. first and, and let him get winded and let him kind of like lose his balance and everything and that's when they, they seize on it <laughs> can't even give the guy a hug after the first round <laughs> and that's and that and that all see and this is part of uh, Avon's weakness here because of the fact that if he if he Understood the psychology of, or psychology in general, but the psychology of his son. And if mm-hmm. he if he didn't do this kind of stuff, especially in this <laughs> fight, he wouldn't have gotten Victor so damn frustrated that Victor throws out one punch he shouldn't have. And if he didn't, then we know he would have won this fight. Right, right. So yeah. that, and but that was just born out of frustration and just trying to and trying to please his father too. That <clears throat> and if of course his father is like he can never and the at least at this point in, in their relationship. Nothing can ever please him. Like it's no. not like yeah. Like that's like, it's the first round is over. He's like, why didn't you? Why didn't you knock him out with one punch in the first round? It's like why is this? Sort of, he, he sort of reminds me of like like Bill Belichick, like the Patriots coach or whatever. <laughs> like they, in the post game, it's like wow, Bill, you, you know your team won forty nine to zero. How does that feel? I like, eh, could have done better. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I'm just thinking about next week. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <to> next week. <laughs> Hey, and, like, well, and, you know, we had that we had that turnover in the second in the second <laughs> quarter that that took me off. So. Yeah, we 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 punted in the second quarter. That was disappointing. <laughs> we didn't we, that that wasn't in the playbook in, in the game plan. Uh, when we drew it up, we didn't we didn't we didn't expect to punt to the third quarter. So <laughs> well, we're gonna <laughs> there's gonna be a lot of extra laps this week. <laughs> oh, in the ribs. Yes, Crunch. another family. Carrying on a great family tradition of, <laughs> of, of weakness to the ribs for creeds. <laughs> uh, the creed family weakness are the ribs. Uh, since Rocky did a tremendous job on his ribs, not just in the first fight, but in the second fight. Uh, this man's breaking you up inside. Uh, and didn't you say that, uh, like in the the novelization, like they made it really clear that that was how Rocky beat Drago yes, in Rocky Four yes, was indeed. that yes. that crack that when he broke his ribs. Yes, that that was really what took the wind out of Drago. Yes, right before he hit him with that with but the le- I think it was the was it the I hope it was the left that he knocked him out with. I don't even remember anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, right right shortly before he hit him with the shot to the head to put him down for good. Uh, that yeah that. that that, that, yeah, that yeah, shot to the ribs when he when he kind of like cringes. He's like staggering. He, he, yeah. he broke his ribs. Yeah, and then, and the, which still well, he may have ghost written it, but Stallone actually did write the novelization for mm. four, not for three. But 
Just like Adrian's pregnancy, which never occurred, as she was supposed to be pregnant in Rocky Four and in one of the in originally in Rocky Five too, but they never, but they just threw that out of both. <laughs> here's here's the line. Yeah, that's why she left. Yes. <laughs> I, I I thought she left because of Milkman. <laughs> Boy, that that shift in in Victor's eyes. Yeah. But you're right. Like it, it's not a flashy performance because he doesn't have a lot to say. But what what you see in his eyes, like right there at that moment between them, it's like, whoo! I do not want to be in that guy's way. <laughs> Just get out of the get out of the room. Get out of the same state as that guy. I mean, the head, talk about the head games because I definitely knows what to say to his son to get him into to get him to kill. <laughs> Though to be fair, here he doesn't want him. He wants him to knock it, knock him out, but he doesn't want him to make cheap shot him like he does. Only well, pause the other result. Maybe plays it, he, he overplays his hand. Though. Yes, yes, that's why it's like a. He, he, he pushes he pushes him a tad too hard. But Adonis does have heart. Down on his knee and boom! Yeah. There. there we go. Which still was very clever. <laughs> yes. yes. It, you know, it's a way of of maintaining so that it's not just a, a rematch for the same thing. Like, yeah, it, it's a change-up so that Donnie is still technically... You know, even though he's clearly knocked out, the fact that it's a cheap shot, it's after, you know, it's a disqualifying event. So that is a nice little change up of the formula. It is a way to, it is a way to basically give us the Rocky Three dynamic, but throw us the curveball of what Apollo was dealing with in Rocky Two. Yes, <laughs> where he's exactly. still the exactly. champion. Yeah, that's what I was trying. Yep, yeah. he's still well, the champion, undeserved. but nobody thinks he's well. Well, I can't. No, it's not like no one thought Apollo was still the champion, but but there were a lot of questions about it. A lot of people thought the fight was fixed. He carried him. He carried Rocky. Things like that. And he was dealing with a lot of crap, and he was dealing with a lot of self doubt. So that's where they're exactly equal. The Rock, that Adonis didn't. Adonis and Apollo both don't feel like champions after right. in a similar situation. But uh, yeah, he got all kinds of screwed up. <laughs> Or the lacerated kidney, among other kidneys. <laughs> this guy's a mess. Yeah, actually, yeah. The one of one of the things more like harder to believe, and like the suspension of disbelief, is that within the span of the same movie, is that he can recover enough from this to get back into fighting shape. Like, yeah, I'm not sure. Do they ever t- do they ever give us this 100 percent? Definitive time frame between the two fights? They probably don't because that's fairly common that they don't do that. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, well, Bianca has the kid and everything like that, so we're talking and like you know, it's the kid goes through a number of like health tests and everything like that. So I mean, I, I, less than I would guess less than a year, um, probably, but you know, six to eight months maybe between them. So. That would make sense, but especially when you factor in how <clears throat> how the commission is knocking on the door to, to, to make it clear he's got to defend. He's got right. to fight somebody. Right. Like little Duke says, he doesn't have to fight Drago, but he's got to fight somebody. <laughs> Rocky comes in, hey, I still got that number, the 54, do your MJMT. Maybe like 94 now, but hey, you might And this is this is a tough scene on both. I mean, yeah. you, you can 
again, you can kind of see a little bit why Adonis is upset with Rocky here. You can see it, but, I mean... But, but A, Rocky did kind of try to tell him not to do this. Right, right, yeah. But, but, that's, but, you know, but, yeah. Deep, but, but I can understand, all kidding aside, I can understand it because deep down he probably believes, well, if Rocky was with me, this wouldn't have happened. Right. <laughs> Which probably would not, may not have been, you know, it probably would have been the case based on where Donnie was in his in his head. I mean, if he'd been willing to listen to Rocky, yes. if he had actually... If they hadn't – basically the, the scene that they're going to have 45 minutes from now if they yes. had that scene earlier, <laughs> if they were able to come to, to some terms. But I, I mean that's just – that's sort of the nature of, of the story is like he, he couldn't do it. He had to he had to respond emotionally. He had to like let this play out and he had to fail so that he could come back and he has to – he has to realize that he has something to lose and he has that fear of failure again. That's That's going to be what drives him, so – This is a well acted scene. Uh, oh. It's 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 really hard to watch considering how messed up <laughs> Donis is. <laughs> but Stallone's done some really really good work in the last three performances as Rocky Balboa. <laughs> <laughs> you showed a ton of heart. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. uh, not what he wants to hear. You got you got a really hard head. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, because his his appearance there is the I told you so. Yes, it's. I mean, that's of course that's that's how Donnie's going to react. Yeah. That's how anybody would. It's just being there is just this reminder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. Now you're telling me all these things that I should have done better. All these things I could have. Yeah. See. If if they're going to go forward again with this franchise, one of the big question marks is whether Adonis as a character is at the point where he can really carry this franchise on his own. Uh, because while he is likable, he's not super likable all the time. <laughs> he's not Rocky likable, which of course nobody really is. But he, I don't even know if he's Apollo Creed likable. <laughs> And that's going to be tough if they really if if the idea is really to phase, even if it's just Stallone's idea more than anything, to phase Rocky out of the series completely. It's I don't know if this character can can carry the series yet. Um, the supporting cast is really good. And they yes, they are. I will say I will say I like him better in this one than in the first Creed. Um, now, even though, yeah, I mean, again, it's the nature of the story. He has to, he has to fall in this one. He has to, he has to be an asshole. He has to like lash out at the wrong people for the wrong reasons. He has to be down. But the the, the way he comes back, I mean, I I like his arc and I like the performance by Jordan in this one. Um, I mean, Ken. Can he carry it with? I mean, like, who would replace him as you know that that type of mentor figure? I mean, that that type of thing is so central to what makes a good Rocky movie is having that that you know that that person of wisdom, whether it was Mickey or Apollo in Rocky Three, or I mean, 
you know, Duke wasn't really, didn't really fit that mold in Rocky Four, but that movie was so structured so weirdly anyway. Um, that's, I mean, Rocky himself kind of played the dual role in Rocky Balboa. Yeah, he didn't, and, and even in Rocky Four, Rocky didn't, Rocky didn't need Duke to teach him st- new stuff necessarily. Right. He just needed right. to be to be there with him because that because basically in a way it was there it was more their combined journey in a way from a from a for the revenge perspective uh, right. and of course obviously in Rocky Balboa obviously Duke kind of references the fact that you already know everything there is to know about fighting <laughs> so, <I was> like, <laughs> so there's nothing I have nothing more I can teach you at this point hey thanks for the pep talk <laughs> so yeah maybe you have to bring Clubber Lang back uh, as, as no, or would, Tommy Gunn <laughs> <laughs> oh, we know they can't bring Tommy Gunn back. Uh, uh, Clubber Lang would be interesting, though. Uh, not Clubber Lang's kid. We don't want that. The, the, the I know it. I know it's cute to always speculate about that, but the the the, the Drago thing was a natural on multiple levels because because of how again oh, how the, it, pissing, the pissing blood scene. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's such a good detail that I'm glad they they put that in there. Yeah. <laughs> Kidney, yeah, kidney damage tends to lead to that. Yes, <laughs> they they do a, they effectively show you make in a believable way all the kind of damage that he suffered because <laughs> mm-hmm. he is messed up for for some time. Yes, they have to have some passing of time because this is not going to be uh, the Avengers End Game of uh, <laughs> Rocky <laughs> movies. <laughs> right to be, but. Uh, and I do like the come like the camaraderie between uh, Marianne and Bianca here, as a basically comparing notes about what it's like to, what it's like to be a fighter's wife essentially. Because mm-hmm. Marianne's seen it all, as she kind of even pointed out in the uh, the first movie, from when she was trying to discourage Adonis from fighting. Right. So he, yeah, so it's obviously this is Adonis having his Rocky Three moment, his Rocky Rocky Three moment, where uh, he just basically is withdrawing from everybody and he doesn't want to deal with anyone or anything, right? <laughs> because he's embarrassed, he's hurt, and and he basically is not hungry. He he he, right. he had, what what he would need to do to exercise the demons, he has n- no desire to do yet. Uh, right. And the way they visualize this within the pool, so great, like yes. all alone at the deep end, and just him sinking of his own, like just like sort of giving up, and then the sort of rage screaming it from the bottom of it with the bubbles going up, like yeah, just the the way to visualize where he is is just perfectly done. Getting closer. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely showing. <laughs> I guess she really is pregnant. <laughs> I guess we can stop peeing on those sticks now. I guess we know for sure. <laughs> Open a closet that's like boxes and boxes of pregnancy tests. <laughs> this is a nice moment. At least, at least, at least he's coming out of it a little bit, uh-huh. kissing her stomach. And they obviously know it's a girl at this point. Right. Right. Yeah. And at least Victor, at least Victor hasn't stopped fighting. <laughs> <laughs> Soon I defeat the real champion. 
<laughs> and what loss? <laughs> I do like Victor as a character, though. Mm-hmm. He could have been he could have been very cartoony, and he wasn't, which is another thing this movie has over Rocky IV. As iconic as Ivan Drago is, and as good a job as Dolph Lundgren did with that character, I mean, he, it is kind of a one you know like a one trick pony there, except. Again, you could kind of say with the head games, but he was but he was such a puppet in the first movie. It's right. kind of hard to give him too much credit because you don't know how much was him and how much was people whispering in his ears. Right, he had handlers. Yes. He, even his wife was sort of you know handling him and everything. But this time, you know, especially like a scene like this where you see what what this means for Ivan and yeah, just this is a good scene. Mm-hmm. Good trunks too. To I be love, to, to be welcomed back by the Russian oligarchs. Yes. That's right. And it's good seeing. Obviously, the role the roles are different, but it's good seeing more of a developed Ivan Drago character. Even though, yes, he is a he is a bad guy for the majority of this movie, but he's not. But he's a bad guy that has motivation, understandable motivation, <laughs> and realistic motivation, not just, you know, not just from an in-ring perspective, but as we get uh, Bridget Nielsen here. Now I can sort of see, yeah, the way the slow reveal of the way they she enters it to disguise the pregnancy, yeah. so. and just the way Victor reacts, and basically she she's like a perfect stranger to him, essentially. <laughs> But he knows what she represents. Yes, she knows the the reason my dad has kicked my butt for you know twenty five or however many years. The reason <laughs> yes. where all the it's all because of you. It's like yeah, it's like you know everything Yvonne does is he wants to get her back, and Victor's like I have no reason to want her back. I hate her. It's like she she cost us everything. Like That's life. she walked out on us when the going got tough. She hit the road. Yeah. Uh, this uh, yeah, this scene right here between the two of them. It's pretty powerful. I like the. Yeah, but and, these, and some of these scenes, I think, were probably the hardest ones for them to do, especially for for Victor because of the fact that they have to do it in Russian. Yeah. <laughs> they have to speak Russian believably, <clears throat> act, bring the passion to it, and still and still be able to deliver the actual dialogue in a believable fashion. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of. It's funny when you think about like sort of like the themes and and what's going on in this movie and like the sort of things that come back like because the point that Victor is trying to make is he's like you're not fighting for you it's like we're not fighting for you it's like all of this it's like you want the family back you want the celebrity you want the notoriety you want the name recognition you want to be the hero of your homeland again it's like and it's like and these people. You know, cast you out. It's like, what do you care about that? He's like, why aren't you just fighting for your pride? It's like, why do we have to do this for them? And that'll sort of be revisited, kind of like where what Donnie's headspace is at. That is true. The uh, which which is which is somewhat ironic because we go back to the end of Rocky Four when, and one of the most unbelievable parts after he lifts a guy up and chokes him one handed. <laughs> The idea that he said that he's fighting for himself is like I fight for me. It's like okay, which is not really, pre- which obviously the uh, Mikhail Gorbachev and the Politburo doesn't really appreciate. But as as fight fans, as human beings, as Americans, we can appreciate the idea that ultimately you're, you know, that you know, you gotta 
you know, you need to fight for, for your for yourself and or for your own reasons. You're not fighting to please anybody else. You're fighting to please yourself or living mm-hmm. to please yourself. And uh, and that is a key common theme, and, and especially in this movie between – in a way for both of them, that Adonis has to embrace that and realize that, that he's not fighting to avenge his father or anything like that or even to, to revenge his ass-kicking in a way. It's just, it's just the fact that this is something you – know, he needs to prove – the only person he needs to prove anything to is himself. And not looking for approval from other people or thinking that he has to do anything else other than that. And there he is running off, <laughs> leaving little Duke in the lurch. <laughs> that is an awesome car, though. It is. And <laughs> now that they got it de-wheelerized. <laughs> Here's a hundred bucks. Get it de-loused, will you? <clears throat> You would, you would think Rock somebody would fix Rocky's bulb in front of his house. It's Rocky Balboa. <laughs> I mean, this is nice, and like we, I think we talked about before. I, I still think it would have been nice to have a scene with Marianne and Rocky reconcili- reconciliating. Um, mm-hmm. But you, you obviously it ha- it happens in this movie. You just don't see it, and this is kind of an indication. That they're at least on speaking terms, uh, right? And, and it's kind of one of those things where. Oops. Sorry, good. It's the type of scene that I feel like probably would have happened off screen twenty years ago. Oh, like, it should have. It should have. Yeah, like they, their their moment together should have happened mm. at the end of Rocky Four or ro- during Rocky Five or sometime like before that. Like this shouldn't be the first time. They've come together since Apollo's death. Now, it might be the first time they've seen each other in like 10, 15 years. Uh, it's certainly different circumstances, but I don't feel like this movie necessarily needed that moment where she says, you know, I forgive you for not throwing the towel or something like that. I don't think that scene belongs here. I get that. The only reason why I thought it would have been good was because in, the, in Creed, they established the fact that Rocky hasn't talked to Marianne since the funeral. They say that mm. – that, uh, when he, he he's trying to convince Rocky of who he is, it's like you can call yeah. you know the the, the 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 phone still works or whatever. It's like oh that's right you haven't spoken since the funeral. That, yeah. that's, that's the only reason why I thought it would have been. I mean you knew you were going to get it in this movie, so yeah. you're right. I, it's not critical. It's it's not critical. Uh and you, and the fact that you is it, acknowledged even by her sending him the sonogram, that I think <laughs> that's I, that's enough. And obviously when he's at the hospital in a few minutes that. It's a nice trophy room, though. Yeah, it is a nice trophy. Yeah, I think room. I think Marion has the benefit of perspective and and the long view, and certainly having been a widow for a, a long time now, that she knows, like, you know, nobody was responsible for Apollo's death except for Apollo. Like, he he died because he was a fighter, because he couldn't not do that. Um, well, I mean, she probably blames Drago too, but but to a lesser extent, you know. And she also knows the importance that of, of some symbolically, not just as a trainer, but what what Rocky means to mm-hmm. Adonis. Not just a direct tie to his father, but obviously he is a his father figure. He is basically his surrogate father. So and here's Rocky falling on his sword, which is a nice touch, mm-hmm. which is probably needed for the character to a certain extent, but obviously it's needed to try to. Wear down Adonis' hard, hard demeanor here. (laughs) 
Rocky's not good making those phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> Just like he's obviously he still prefers not to fly, obviously. <laughs> Taking yeah. that train. This is definitely one of the better scenes in the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hence why we're not doing a lot of talking. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we're not listing, we're reading, and it's important. <laughs> and the confession of being afraid, obviously, is another, is another mirror image to Rocky Three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Leading into my favorite, perhaps my favorite line in the movie that Rocky's going to deliver in a second. (laughs) How many trophies did Apollo win, for God's sake? (laughs) Some of those are like bowling trophies. Like, that's not all boxing. Apollo had his whole, whole other secret life. <laughs> Maybe they really started participation trophies a lot earlier than we thought. <laughs> Most people don't know that, but Apollo Creed, spelling the champion <laughs> seven years in a row. <laughs> Speed knitting champion of the world. <laughs> yes, that great line about... Your natural style won't work with a guy that big, which, te- which tells you that all along Rocky didn't know <laughs> how stylistically he, the Adonis could win. That basically, hey, you're you going to fight like me and get hit in the head 5,500 times. <laughs> I could do that. <laughs> This, this is Kate. <laughs> yeah. Kate. Kate Green. Uh, you know the child's going to be black, right? <laughs> Back to Kate. Kate Green. Two Cs. Well, that's one way to end a scene. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's get that racial tension out of the way right now with a phone call. What do you mean the kid? What do you mean the kid's Chinese? What happened? <laughs> Cut. <laughs> that's a deleted scene. What was she doing before she went into labor? Oh, it's weird. She was carrying a bunch of like dog food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And her brother was yelling at her. I, we didn't, we didn't, I didn't know she had a brother. <laughs> oh, yes, Pauly. What a classy guy he was. Can't have Rocky without bouncing a ball. Mm-hmm. Especially in a hospital. <laughs> Which is funny, the difference between now and then, because... Obviously, when Adrian was finding out she was pregnant in Rocky too, which the scene the scene mirrors, Rocky <laughs> wasn't in the room with her. Like, that's what this that's what this new franchise is missing is uh, Donnie's like best friend who's like this just broke ass guy who keeps taking advantage, <laughs> keeps marketing. <laughs> it gives power of attorney to anybody he meets on the street. <laughs> hey, I thought it was doing good business. 
God, what was that? I was thinking this came to me. I, I remember mentioning this like a while ago, but it was like something to do with like this whole this weird new trend of like of prequel stories and like prequel series and TV shows and movies and everything that are just like, why are they doing this? And I, I got the idea because they're doing they're doing a TV show about Alfred Pennyworth, Batman's yes. butler. Like set before Bruce Wayne is born, or like when he's like a tiny baby, it's like who is this for? Like who thinks that that is the story you're supposed to tell? And I was kind of like, that's like doing a prequel to Rocky based on like how Victor Gazzo came. Out. Yeah, like, I was thinking Gazzo too, yeah. yeah so like, how, how he came to be like the Lone Shark King of this, yeah, right. of Philadelphia, his Spider Rico story. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> 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 this, this this is the story of Apollo Creed's third cousin. <laughs> and Adonis needing to get in, needing to get that instant satisfaction, <laughs> which is somewhat understandable. Like, you can understand, mm-hmm. it, but and of course Bianca, that's one of those things where she's more than happy to kick the can down the road because she's right, afraid right. what they're going to find. Mm-hmm. Baby is adorable, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Why is she in a spacesuit? <laughs> I could actually just had a hearing test uh, about a week ago, and it was definitely not this invasive. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't wrapped in a blanket either, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't. <laughs> Although it would have kept it, it would have made it a lot easier to keep him still. You should have demanded the blanket. <laughs> hey, I saw it in Creed too, man. The baby was four days old. <laughs> hey, that's age discrimination. Yeah, this movie does a lot of good with just nonverbal communication. The looks between, you know, mother and father and And you give him credit because it would have been real easy not to to just make the kid. Oh, fine. You're yeah, yeah. It would have been real easy to. Uh, I was kind. Of, I mean, I was a little. I was a little surprised that they went down that road. But considering, in a way, all the hurdles he's got to clear in this movie, maybe it's maybe it's not really surprising. Mm. And again, it's big. It's big picture stuff. Uh, like Rocky kind of points out about you know not feeling that, not feeling. <laughs> that, that, sorry, not feeling. Yeah, yeah Samara is not feeling sorry for herself. So you shouldn't be feel, doing it either. Feeling sorry for yourself. <clears throat> no. Man, we tried to swaddle my baby like that and like wrap her up. But he never, he would never do it. He, yeah, it was like a Queen song. I've got to break free. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, this is this is uh this is the major leagues here. They probably put a little bit of rum on that baby nipple, on that pacifier. Yeah. <laughs> this pacifier is eighty proof. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. You gotta you gotta think you gotta anticipate worst case scenario. How are you gonna deal with this? Like if it doesn't go your way, so. Yeah, his 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 job is to ground him and to get him to like kind of like what he was alluding to earlier, just uh, doing some smart thinking. Using his quotes, <laughs> that that's what his job is to get him to be able to uh, basically he's priming him to be able to 
be on his own, really. I mean, to not need to not need him as much, but also to just real world stuff, big picture stuff mm-hmm. that, uh, and not just focusing in on him. The basket is cute. Yeah, we have to admit the basket's cute. <laughs> the little, the little pink boxing trunks. That's cute. It's from a dirt bag, but it's cute. <laughs> you know, you know what I, I was just thinking, like what they could do to keep the, they because if they go forward without Rocky, like who's going to play that mentor figure? Who's going to be if it's it's going to be Clubber Lang? It's like what else? Like what they really need? They need to find some way of making it Apollo. Apollo's ghost comes back or something, and they need to find a way of not making that ridiculous. Which they were, which they were supposed to. We're not supposed to. One of the ideas was to have that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was supposed to be, I think, at the end of the, the, the second fight, right when he's a, somewhere before he starts pounding the canvas. But it was again. The, but since the whole point of the second fight, it's that he's fighting for himself. Right. They, they didn't think it was. I think it was more thematically. They didn't think it would work. Not just because people, because. I mean, you could have very easily. I mean, you didn't have to show Carl Weathers. You just could have had his voice. I mean, right. you know, I feel so bad for Carl Weathers that he's been—he was written out in Rocky Ford, and the guy was so wants to be in any like of the last three, like four movies he's wanted to be in, and yet they can't figure out a way to, to do that. You know what? Yeah, I was. You you just mentioned it. It's he's he comes. They get Carl. Weathers, but he's not playing Apollo. It's Apollo's third cousin, or whatever. It's it's Ares Creed or Poseidon or Zeus, whatever his name is. But it just, he just comes and plays a different character. I'm Leonidas Creed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that actually has a good ring to it. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I was, was going to say I would watch the hell out of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I do feel bad. They, they could have at least given us an Apollo Rocky scene and just de-aged them, for God's sake. Which I know originally was one of the things they, one of the things I Stallone had as an idea for this movie was doing kind of a having. While it was going to be a sequel, it was still going to be they still were going to have some stuff with him and Apollo in it, and probably in in the land in the you know, in the land of the aging. Uh, <laughs> getting 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 on that uh, Marvel Studios de-aging process. <laughs> And Carl Weather still looks pretty good, so it probably wouldn't be as difficult on him to do for other people. But yeah, that was I'm trying I don't know, I'm sure somebody must have asked Stallone at some point about whether he regretted killing off Apollo Creed. Um But that that seems like such a waste of a character. And such and Carl Weathers is so good. I mean I I don't know if you ever saw this on you on YouTube there was like a, a video of like Actually, it was a series, but they followed. What if What if uh, Apollo didn't die in Rocky Four? So basically, mm-hmm. they had him like in a wheelchair. They had him crippled, but he didn't die. But uh, then carried into their version of Rocky Five, which was I didn't entirely agree with, but it was a way to bring Adonis into the series earlier because of the fact that and and the efforts of George Washington and Duke to get a, to get Rocky eventually back into the ring because there's like a time jump. He has mm-hmm. initial test after the Drago fight doesn't look good, but Rocky never. But they say, they suggest follow up testing, and he just never goes for it. And then like five years passes, and Tommy Gunn really in that idea that he has no ties to Rocky, but he's just watch George Washington Duke's guy, and he wants and everybody still has Rocky on their brain or whatever. So they try to get Rocky to fight, and one of the ways they do it at the is to start bringing out the loan sharking stuff for Rocky and attacking his character, and then they do the same thing with Apollo, and they bring out the illegitimate child that Apollo had. 
So that mm-hmm. brought a dime us in. But the idea that just but there were ways to keep there were ways to keep Apollo. I think killing him was a waste, and it was just plus. A, I'm sure boxing as a as a as a business was not thrilled with the decision by Stallone. Right. Let's let's uh, let's do the Ray Boom Boom Mancini thing and like yeah, let's, let's we can avoid dealing with that. Yeah, I mean, if the series had ended at Rocky Four, then the killing of Apollo I don't think would have been as big a deal because it's just like, okay, everybody retired. This is the end. It doesn't really matter how you write him off or not. But. The fact that, I mean, they kept going. I mean, that's now like the middle chapter right. in this whole saga. It's now it's kind of like, yeah, like, gosh, like, what if they just said, uh, he didn't, they, they faked his death and really Apollo's been a secret agent for the CIA this whole time. <laughs> they saved Apollo's brain. <laughs> Cyborg. Darth Maul. Darth Maul. Apollo Creed. Oh. Uh, this is a good scene with the three of them. Mm-hmm. As Adonis is embracing being a father, All right, and heading towards the conversation that it's like, I got to do this, <laughs> but mm-hmm. doing it as a team as opposed to earlier in the movie when he just kind of springs on her that he's taking the fight. But when he's when he's bitching about Rocky and, and Rocky right. not wanting to train him, that's when she finds out. Oh, you're taking the fight. <laughs> right, right. It's like. Yeah, why are you surprised? Because <laughs> we didn't talk about it. Right. <clears throat> yeah, she puts him in his place pretty good there. <laughs> right. Right. It's also an interesting. I've noticed this too, that because I've watched this so many times, it's like they don't. On some levels, maybe they're trying to represent both sides of Adonis. It seems like they, they don't entirely know how they want him to talk. Sometimes it's like sometimes he, because obviously in the first movie, for the most part, he was as Rocky picked up that he was educated and everything else. But it, it, it's it seems like they slip back and forth a little bit in this movie. And I guess I can understand the home life versus. I, so I guess right. maybe that's where they're going for, but I, it's something I noticed. I've noticed it more, I think, because of the uh, watching it on, on Blu-ray. The subtitles. Yeah, and the yeah. subtitles. Yes, and and and, and the subtitles. Uh, you better. Mm-hmm. Or else I'm marrying Victor. Until <laughs> 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 the Victor goes to spoils. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is cool. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that this this line of dialogue that originally came from uh, the, the trailer, which you would think was before the first fight, was actually before the second fight, <laughs> about the idea that you got to think long about because you got people who need you now. Yeah. Why would Rocky be surprised they want to fight Russia? <laughs> hey, last time I went there, I had a great time. <laughs> All I know is we're getting a better hotel this time. <laughs> I brought down the Berlin Wall the last time I went to Russia. I completely took down the Soviet Union. Let's go. Yeah, they give Reagan all the credit, but it was me and my two fists and my hot head. <laughs> I don't remember anything about that fight, but hey. <clears throat> Ooh. 
And I do. And I do. And like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, though. here we go. So again, the revisiting is like, nope. If you're gonna win, you have to fight from hunger. You have to re- you have to strip down everything to the bare essentials, and you gotta you gotta take it back to the elements. And, and instead of fighting in the frigid north mountains of Siberia, you know, we're gonna take you out to <laughs> south of the border and like. <laughs> Dealing with the cactuses, the cacti. Like, uh, so the sun is the sun is training in the sun to fight the sun. <laughs> the sun of the suns. And now, yes, and now we have the contrast because now, because now Victor's hit the big time and he's got the fancy gym and the fancy equipment. At the same time, Adonis is training with tumbleweeds. <laughs> But you know what? The fact that Victor's training in a room that doesn't have red walls, that just doesn't feel right. <laughs> and at least we don't get any requisite shot of uh, Victor getting injected with something. <laughs> yeah, right. It's vitamin B. Let me stick it in your ass. <laughs> no! <laughs> By the way, when the sun goes down, all these people turn to vampires. <laughs> Yes. Makes you wonder where Rocky found this place. (laughs) Seriously, how does he know about this place? (sighs) He's got connections. I don't know how, since he doesn't he doesn't leave Philadelphia very often, and the train only takes you so far. Having a sledgehammer into the dirt. Hey, Rocky used to use Rocky used sledgehammer, so it's appropriate. Just not with dirt. <laughs> right. But arguably, Adonis was living in a better neighborhood right now than Rocky was training. <laughs> Every time I see Rocky drive the car, I think of, I think of Rocky too when he couldn't even park the damn thing and he kept parking on the curb. <laughs> He's come a long way. Surprised Donnie he gave him the keys. <laughs> Luckily, he doesn't know that. Yeah. Kind of like he didn't yeah, know those, about, yeah. about the import those of chasing, ri- chasing the chickens. <laughs> chickens are getting slower, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those, those nice soft ribs that you got broke just you know half an hour ago. Yeah. I'm going to tenderize them a little bit. Which also makes you. Which also, I, I I always wonder about this when you, with these training montages like that. Even like in Rocky Two, when when uh, the assistant or to Mickey is just like pounding him in the ribs all the time when he's doing sit ups and everything. It's like how much how much time do you have off from like from the, from the end of the training here before the fight? Because you have to assume that you need you got to allow your the bruising to go down at least. But. <laughs> Uh, he's okay. He's just got a hurl. <laughs> now I really, like, I really like this part because this is where Victor lets out a little bit of his frustration. Yeah, since yeah. Axie gets to fight his father for like the, arguably perhaps like the first, the first time he's ever able to really unload on his father a little bit, within reason. I mean, he's not. He's still controlled, but yeah, he's defense is not Donnie's specialty. <laughs> Come on, man. I just stopped pissing blood a few weeks ago. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I do like that. And then it gets, then it gets, then it gets Avon angry too, where he feels like mm-hmm. he's got to like ex- express his will. 
this kid's gonna kick my ass. <laughs> He's like, maybe the monster I've created is a little bit too much Frankenstein. <laughs> a Victor, a Victor, a Von Drago fight would have been interesting. Yeah. Maybe just like one hug a month as, as the boy was growing up would have been. Oh, I'm down on the concrete. <laughs> I heard a thud. What was that thud? They told me to drop a coconut. I guess they get good reception out in the desert. (laughs) Get up. Get up, you son of a bitch. Oh, at least in that Rocky Five thing where Apollo was still alive. At least they had Rocky and, and Tommy Gunn actually fight in the ring. At least, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which should have happened anyway. At least they could have. He could have got the friggin' money back and the belt, and then still retired. Why? Why he ever thought having having that story end on such a bummer? Why he thought that was a good idea? I will never know. <laughs> Maybe he just was trying to leave that character behind. And getting caught and wrapped up because he was making a lot of movies around that time frame, so maybe he really thought he didn't need the character anymore. But it was inherently stupid. <laughs> plus, he wanted to ki- I, plus he wanted to kill him. That, 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 I think Advilson and the studios had to convince him at first to not kill Rocky at the end of Rocky Five from the damage done in the street fight. I like this part of the montage when he's Me coming too. back because, uh, and, and part in, in large part because I like this song. It's my favorite song on the soundtrack. Um, and it's just, yeah, I just, I like the, I do, the way I do. it's building and it's, yeah, it's really good. It, it does incorporate the, uh, the fighting hard part from the original Bill Conti. That's just really, really well done. And, oh yeah. Instead of running across in, in front of the ship on the, the, the Philadelphia Harbor, he's yep. out running the car and everything. And yeah, that's a great little shot. And with that, and not running with the kids. Cause that may be right, right. Rocky too, especially the way he's leaving the, leaving the kids, the way he left the kids in the dust. Yep, and the yep, way yep, yep. He's leaving the car in the dust, <clears throat> but he's not running along a beach in the water with knee high socks. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why it's not that good. <laughs> they were color coordinated though. <clears throat> Ketchup and mustard. <laughs> Rocky does like his black and gold. Yeah, yeah, this is cool. See, at least at least here it looks maybe it's because of the scruff on his face. He does look like he gain, he looks a little heavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is a cool scene. The color of that scene is cool. Yes, and Victor getting ready for the fight, and of course his meanwhile his father's just hobnobbing with the celebrities, and mm-hmm. look, I'm back. <clears throat> And all Victor wants to do is cave in somebody's face. <laughs> and, half, and like more than half the time, you think like when he gives his father a look like that, he's like, "That's who I want to be in the ring with." That's, that's like, right. That's, that's true. Twenty-five to one underdog, and he's the champ. <laughs> At first, I was going to say, "Well, that's kind of a that's that is probably a little crazy," but. It's still probably a little crazy because Rocky's training him the second time. You have to think he would do better the second time. But I can understand why he'd be the favorite. It makes perfect sense. Um, it's kind of good, Victor having his moment. Mm-hmm. And I do love this music. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I do love this music. That's actually what I'm probably going to record 
this track is what I'm probably going to play. Because which I almost did for the review, but then I just went with the uh, with the part where they play uh, the Bill Conti music at the yeah. But yes, this is this is <laughs> this is the equivalent of. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the better parts of Rocky IV <laughs> when they're playing the Soviet national anthem and Rocky and Drago are just they're just staring at each other. That's one right. of the better parts of the movie. The close up on the eyes. Yes, yeah, yeah. the eyes. And even when they redo that in the beginning of Rocky V, that that which is the way they recut that is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, he's. You can tell he's in a different place, mm-hmm. not just literally. <laughs> Not just because they're in Russia. <laughs> I still find so I still find it funny that some people saw some of these scenes from the trailer and go, "Oh, Rocky's a ghost. He's dead." <laughs> oh, it's, uh, it's the human mind is a wonderful thing. The way people read into things, it's like watching the. Uh, it's like watching the uh, first look for the for Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Saw that at, at the, at the yeah, end, yeah. At, you saw it right? Yeah, yeah. And and, and at the end when they had when they had Cap, uh, Iron Man, Cap, and and Thor side by side, and people and some people are like, that's Doctor Strange. It's like oh, you idiot, it's <laughs> Thor. You're missing the whole point of what the impact of the scene is supposed to be in that yeah. trailer. It's the big three square. <laughs> right. You, did you forget Thor had a cape? I know he didn't have a cape for all of, of Infinity War, but he did have it in Wakanda. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, people are. I mean, and we could see the movie, and it could not be Thor, you know. But the point is, it's, we're supposed to believe it's Thor based on the way right. it's cut. <laughs> the Bianca, Bianca, the Bianca singing, singing them home, bringing it in. Yeah, this is a nice touch again, like, like because it's easy for them to say, you know, we're a team. It's like, okay, yes. well, what does that matter? You're not in the ring with him. Like, how much this? But to actually have her there and to have her part of bringing him out, like this, is a really cool touch. Right. And having Marianne in the crowd, too. Yeah, yeah. Of course, this doesn't have the impact that uh, James Brown did on the Von Drago. Ah, yeah. But I do... It's, actually, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing a Captain America podcast in the near future, and I was thinking about using that Living in America song as, as a needle drop. I probably won't, but I did think about it briefly. Uh, Cap. Uh, I, the best the best thing about the living in America thing is just the fact that I like listening to Dolph Lundgren talk about it how he talks about that 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 was just his his real reaction to what was going on around him. So, <laughs> and, 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 and I think it might be on one of the special I think it might be on one of the special features on the uh, on the disc I think it might be that he talks about that when whenever he sees that scene. That he kind of gets really sentimental, like gets emotional, because he reminds him of like whatever he was, like the twenty six, twenty seven year old yeah. guy that he was at the time. So, but that, but that's my part of the reason why it looks so. What the hell's going on here? Because it really was. <laughs> I was like, yep. <clears throat> Creed versus Drago, part two or part three, depending on what perspective. <laughs> and he's not. Well, we haven't. Have that reveal yet? But as we'll see, he's not wearing the uh, the American flag trunks. He's back to like the charcoal gray, black kind of trunks, which is a really nice touch. It is. Of. It is a nice touch because again, it's it's taking the, the legacy, but making mm-hmm. it his own. So I, yeah. I, I I do like that. And like kind of just getting it like the 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 cold 
you know, black, just like sort of like menace of it. Yes. You know, kind of getting back to that idea of him him being dangerous. You know, it's not it's not about the flash of Apollo and and kind of what that represented and like the hero thing. It's just like, nope, he's a killer. He you, you don't have to root for him as the good guy in this one. And it's kind of getting into that mindset. I think it's just a nice kind of way of visually identifying where he is right now. It's like Luke Skywalker wearing black in Return of the Jedi. Yes, <laughs> for for his re- for his rematch for his, with Vader. for his rematch, and one glove to honor Michael Jackson. <laughs> That's why he did. That's it. why he did it. <laughs> he didn't start with one glove. To be fair, he didn't have any gloves. But a glove is always. I think a glove always works. Ah, yes, the Rocky Drago stare down, which is the only thing we really get in this movie of their of a head to, closest thing to the fight that obviously was deleted out of the movie. <laughs> The guy who plays the referee, I've seen him in something else, Moose. And that little line about anybody who would know to take on a slugger like Drago, it'd, it'd be Rocky. I know when you read it, they're talking about the slugger being Victor, but mm-hmm. I mean, so, but, but, it, but, it automatically makes me think of him fighting, of Rocky fighting Drago, and obviously Drago was not a slugger. <laughs> it, right. And, and to be fair, other than Clubber Lang, there weren't many people he fought that were. <laughs> <laughs> but, but conceptually, it makes sense because because Ro- Rocky knows pretty much he knows how to fight pretty much everybody at this point. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> Defense will never be Adonis' strong suit. But he d- oh, the Russian referee he was uh, he was in the TV show Boardwalk Empire. He oh, played uh, Don Joe Masseria. Yeah, he had a kind of, kind of sizable part in like season three. That was pretty cool, throwing uh, Donnie being able to dodge his shots. Yeah, that yeah. Was, that was that was nice. That was that was nicely shot. That scene. Mm-hmm. Even though the fight scenes in this movie are more, I, I guess they're closer to more traditional Rocky fights than let's say the ones in Creed and Rocky Balboa. I think it still works. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there's enough there's enough realist r- realistic uh, depiction I think of it. Uh, I know some people criticized it because it kind of did walk back. It, wa- it was for, no, it was a combination. It was they walked back the style that that Kugler brought to it, and obviously Rocky Balboa was all bent was all wrapped around making it real. Yeah, which is one, which is one of the reasons why they they filmed it in front of a real fight audience on a, on a pay for on a pay per view fight night, mm-hmm. I think, and and the shot and the Stallone was determined to not put in fake hitting sounds and things right, like right. that, and and hit and hit each other when possible, which is why he pretty much got not, almost knocked out cold <laughs> when he was fighting. <laughs> That's what his dad did to me. <laughs> <laughs> that was really funny when you first in the movies when you first heard that it was like a. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I know of what I speak. <laughs> yeah. And I know it could get old for some people, but I do, I I do like just that. Again, Rocky having been been there, seen, you know, been there, done that because he knows mm-hmm. he, he knows that you know that he knew the first round was going to be Adonis's because they had the element of surprise what they were going to do, but that he knew that the second round was just going to be Victor, kind of like. Moving, moving straight ahead. Right. right. Yeah, but just like when he fought Conlon, like after he cuts Conlon's eye, he's like, "You woke him up. He knows you're for real now. He's gonna come back at you." 
Boom! That's a cool. Shot. That was nicely, ah. nicely filmed. Boom! Uh, nope. Ah. Uh, <laughs> gotcha! Gotcha! Get, get in his head! Get in his head! Yep. Drago showing restraint this time. <laughs> Can we, they, they should have demanded a steel cage, no disqualification match. <laughs> If he wasn't raw, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's why it would be really weird for Victor to completely disappear in his universe, just because you, you know he's still training. Because <laughs> we see that at the end, right? And he's right. so good. I mean, he's so good. I mean. <clears throat> It's kind of, I mean, in a way, it's it, it does kind of make you wonder, but maybe it was just all that. Maybe that's just the explanation is just all the anger that Avon Drago had. That Avon Drago was obviously a very skilled fighter. <laughs> so not that not that Victor isn't unskilled at all, but you would think he would be a little more polished. Maybe. Yeah. Being yeah. trained, especially being trained so early. Mm-hmm. It'd be kind of like how Luke would have been if Obi Wan was training him as a kid, you know, <laughs> growing right. all the way up, as opposed. That. <clears throat> Wouldn't be a good Rocky fight without somebody getting a shot to the head and the slow motion, yeah, especially, sweat especially off a, a shaking lips. Yes, yeah, especially yeah. a fight with a drago, and that's like, yeah, that's your <laughs> that's your classic. Victor's got some cool trunks and gloves in this fight. Yeah. <laughs> Bianca, yeah, we should have stayed. We could have stayed home for this. <laughs> Those slow motion shots. You just kind of want to like see like the X ray of their brain rattling around inside the skull. Yeah, yeah. bounce around like a ping pong ball. I love Max Kellerman, but his commentary in this movie goes back and forth real quick. Like, yeah. oh, Creed's here to stay, or whatever. He's not going anywhere. Then two seconds later, oh, Rocky's got a tough decision he's got to make. Because <laughs> he's, cause he's seen this play out before. No, he didn't see this play out before. The fight's entirely different. <laughs> it's not, and it's not like Donnie was out on his feet. <laughs> like, right. Like Apollo was really in that fight. <laughs> And you know, and, and Duke could have stopped the fight after the first round too. <laughs> He's the guy who's pretty much trained him since he was a kid. I think he would be the guy who would be stopping the fight first instead of putting it on Rocky's. <laughs> I gotta take a leak, Rock. Hold hold the fort. I'll be right back. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I blame you. So here we go. He's not going anywhere. Then, then a few sec, a few seconds later. <clears throat> Which is funny because you think he's going to give him like a shot to the heart here. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but no, he's going back to the going back to the kidney shots. There, the referee wasn't looking. Do 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 do. The ref must not have seen it. And it is it is like Saturday night's main event back when. <laughs> Back when WWF, because that's what it was then, was on NBC. Right, right. 
Russ must not say it. Uh, this is Moscow. Different rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, I see what the I see what the oligarchs want me to say. Well, it goes along with what they said. You know what Little Duke mm-hmm. said about the fact that you know making it sound like it was going to be almost impossible to win a decision, right. <laughs> to right. make it seem to to enforce not so subtly that the deck is really stacked against them. Right. That, right. You know they have to, but. Hi, low, hi, low. We gambling? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't like the pain, Rock. (laughs) I've got a secret I've never told you. I really don't like getting punched. (laughs) After some serious consideration, I really don't like the pain, Rock. (laughs) Like... If the choice is between pain or not, yeah. I gotta tell you, every time I would choose <laughs> the not pain. Hey, Donnie, I'm really disappointed in you. <laughs> hey, let me get Robert on the phone. Maybe it's not too late. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, he could protect his rib a little bit. <laughs> or at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, jeez. Ooh. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Rocky, like, jeez. I don't think he's getting up. <laughs> yeah. We need the ghost of Apollo right now. <laughs> Get up, you son of a bitch. Because <laughs> yeah, right. Mickey loves you. I, I do love this moment, though. I do, too. Pushing himself up. <laughs> and Marianne telling him to get up, which is a nice touch, as opposed to, as opposed to her just telling him to stay down. Punching the canvas, just oh, I love this. <laughs> and it's nice to know that the music builds in that moment because that's what the cloud caption says. His name's Creed, even though in the credits he's still building as Adonis Johnson. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Not even a slash, just Adonis Johnson. Oh, uh, here we go. Dig, 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 dig. Yeah, that's classic. Even though those shots are pretty sloppy looking. <laughs> <laughs> Boing. Give Victor credit. Unlike his father, he does get up. <laughs> yeah. Takes more than one. That's right. Now, yes, now he didn't take 15 rounds of punishment like his father took, too. That's that's a cool line, but it's kind of like a Captain Obvious line. No, I think I'll just sit here. (laughs) I think I'll just wait till the next round. I'm kind of tired myself out. (laughs) It took me like two showings, uh, two watching this movie to realize that Rocky makes a sign of the cross right before mm-hmm. right, right before he goes out. I get nervous every time he does that. <laughs> see that? See that's a really brilliant, subtle homage to, to, to like all the other movies and to Rocky as a character mm-hmm. because the camera isn't even focused on Rocky, but yet it's visible, so you can see that if you're looking for it, you can see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, down goes Victor! Down goes Victor! <laughs> uh, and, and pretty much, uh, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> Hitting the bricks. Uh, 
<laughs> Maybe your grandson will do better. <laughs> oh. World's worst mom. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> hey, and you give and you give Bridget Nielsen credit that she, at least she came back to play that role, even though even the, even though knowing that she was going to be a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> unless they only gave her those two pages of script. <laughs> <laughs> In the script, yeah, Ludmilla goes out to get a hot dog in the scene. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she, is, she is so happy to see to, to see her son in his new boxing trunks <laughs> and her ex-husband at dinner. And it's like, oh, I'll edit this the way I want to because we're divorced now. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Which works for the character and Stallone and Bridget Nielsen. <laughs> Oh man, they, they de- and okay. yeah, again, just kind of like going, like looking at what's in Victor's eyes. Like he literally doesn't know how to stop, and that's what Ivan sees. He's like, I, I've created this thing, and he's going to die on his feet, and like this is he, he's going to take all this punishment because he can't not. And this is what I've created, but this at this point, we're not fighting for anything. That's. Now, Victor, I mean, now Havan goes to get a hot dog. <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom. I have to go bathroom. I'll be back. <laughs> Finally, the last of the throwing in the towel motif for the evening. <laughs> well, unless you can't, the. Uh, Deleted scene when, when, when uh, Avon's got to take the towel over his shoulder. Which <laughs> uh, I still like that scene. I know you like it, but you can see, but you're not unhappy with cut from the movie. Yeah, that, yeah, that's where I come. I I like the scene a lot. I think it's good, but I don't think it's necessary. Um, yeah. Now, unless Avon and Victor become, I mean, Victor and Adonis become best buds down the road, then that scene would have been important. For, well, then, for, I mean, use, world it, use it as flashback. <laughs> it's archive footage. Use it as a flashback. Right. <laughs> and I know you don't like the Rocky line coming up. <laughs> yeah, it just there's something about like the way it kind of goes quiet and it's. Kind of like slow. It just feels like really just forced and odd. But but if they are really truly trying to pass the torch, then that's then that. And I do I do like also symbolically how he didn't get in the ring. How Rocky yes. just chooses not to get in the ring. Both yes. that and the line of dialogue about it's your time. Both were I think add-ons. Both things that Stallone added that I don't believe were in the script, um, <clears throat> or the, or the not getting in the ring was something he had decided, and maybe it wasn't the script, but it was still his call. Uh, he, he looks a little more Apollo-like now that he's all beat up. <laughs> now that his face is filled out from the swelling, he, I can <laughs> I, I see the resemblance. <laughs> <clears throat> I think he just should have punctuated that scene where he's like, I'm an old man now, i got to hit the head. <laughs> just, it's like, you, you celebrate in the ring, I've been holding, I've been holding my water for a long time now, i got to yeah, My prostate is killing me. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. 
certainly this movie is set up to be the last <laughs> the last appearance of Rocky Balboa, but we know Rocky Balboa was set up to be the last appearance of Rocky Balboa too. <laughs> Even though I think in a way this kind of this would work as nice closure for both characters, at least for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't they don't need another movie. They're pro- I'm sure they're going to do it. Uh, they don't need to do it, and it makes and it just makes you wonder. And again, if you have an no pun intended, if you have an end game in mind or where you want want this to go instead of just doing it endlessly and going on and on, then I would not necessarily be against, uh, against another movie. But this does. This does close the book in a lot of chapters. So I think having the Adonis Apollo meeting, if you will. Mm-hmm. And of course, Rocky going to see Robert. Right. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I, I think, you know, Michael B. Jordan, he. I certainly don't think he needs this role for his career. I mean, after his star made him turn as, as Killmonger in, in Black Panther, uh, which was the same year as this one, gosh. Um, I think, you know, he, I mean, he's got, he'll have a lot of options. I don't think he needs to rely on just playing this role again and again. Um, certainly the physical demands are, have got to be pretty grueling on an actor to be, to do, be in this kind of shape again for a lot of movies, but man, I don't know, maybe this is the type of thing that he wants to do, but um, what would, I mean, because this is, you know, ostensibly a Green Lantern podcast, what would you think about somebody like Michael B. Jordan playing Jon Stewart or something in a Green Lantern movie? I would be okay, I would be fine with that. I would like, I would like to see him, I think if any, the only criticism of Michael B. Jordan, based on the, just the movies that I've seen, is that he often seems to play the same character, <laughs> mm. uh, which doesn't, which may be, which makes you just, and this could be a mistake, of, but it makes you wonder at least whether what his range is, is if he can play mm-hmm. different characters or come a, or come across different ways. Uh, but con- but visually and conceptually, I'd be fine with it. It would be. That, I think that would that would be a, a good call, even though we're never. I don't think we're ever seeing a Green Lantern Corps movie. Though <laughs> so Jeff Johns, if he's going to hang his hat on anything, you got Shazam, which was a moderate success, and Aquaman, which was a, and I think he was still involved at least producing or something with Wonder Woman. So he's kind of he's kind of been removing the stench of uh, some of the other movies. So, and this and this kid does look like Adrian. That was good cast. Oh God, yes, that yeah. was really good casting. He does it. That little kid looks exactly like Talia Shire, or, or what a young Talia Shire, Talia Shire may have looked like. So, and this is a nice touch with the uh, with Bianca, who fills out mm-hmm. his pants nicely. I must point out. <laughs> <laughs> Just give Stallone an honorary Oscar for this character already, for God's sake. I, I, it annoyed me so much he got that he didn't get it for for Creed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, his performance here is probably just as good. But Creed, if you look at Rocky Balboa, Creed, and Creed Two, that he mm-hmm. he really did something with this character. I mean, it's like he just he's it's like he he brings something different to the character, and it's like he it's it's so it's more natural than it ever has been, ever had been for him. It seems, especially because yeah. obviously Rocky Four and Rocky Five kind of went off the rails a little bit. Um, some people had said Rocky three made it different once he became champion, but at least there was a lot of Rocky in him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of the true Rocky in him. Oh, that that baby is adorable. 
Mm-hmm. And, Vic, and obviously Adonis hasn't healed yet, so imagine what those ribs feel like. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the end. Stephen Capel Jr., <laughs> who I did a, a more than admirable job filling in for Ryan Coogler, I think. Again, so much so that until I saw that name, I, I, I thought this was a Ryan Coogler movie too. I, I thought he did both of them, Black Panther and this back to back. And when I was like, when I was over, I was like, wow! Like the only thing that I did notice, I was like the the fight scenes seemed a little bit more old school and it had less of the flash that I thought Coogler brought to the first Creed. But other than that, I was like, this could have been a, a Coogler movie. But yeah. Really well done, really enjoyable. So. It was, and this and it holds up well. It's something that I've yeah yeah. So you want to talk about your re rankings? <laughs> I do, I do. We we can go through these again. Um, and it's really tough. Like I, I know where the bottom of my list falls pretty easily, <laughs> and then the the top ones is it's still a little bit hard. Like even at, like rewatching them because there are things about each movie that I like, things about some that I don't like but um, yeah just kind of getting into it <clears throat> right at the bottom still Rocky 5 <laughs> Rocky 5 will always be on the bottom of almost everybody's list forever <laughs> um, so at number 7 and I know you are not going to like this but I still have Rocky Balboa there oh. um, I watched it today now here's the thing I don't dislike the movie I like it a lot and I think if I had seen that movie before I saw Creed, I would probably feel very differently about it. But the fact that I had already seen, I had already met Rocky post-retirement, post, you know, being a widower from like losing Adrian and everything. I'd seen Rocky in the twilight years of his career and everything in these movies. So I didn't have the same reaction to seeing that type of Rocky in Rocky Balboa. Um, there were also just things about the script that I felt like he was trying – he was going for a lot of, like, the nostalgia moments and, and trying to, like, put a capper on a lot of, like, threads and creed. But, like, the story that was tying it together wasn't that strong. It was just kind of revisiting this character as a sort of love letter. But the thread and, like, just bringing it back to – the actual fight was, like, an afterthought. It didn't feel like it mattered that much. Um, and a, be- I, I and a never- better opponent would have helped, too. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't really get much from Mason Dixon. No. And then once we actually got to the fight, like the whole thing, I kept, I kept expecting and anticipating that it was going to be a thing where, okay, two rounds and Rocky has to throw in the towel, and that's kind of like the. But the fact that it goes all the way and it's like, this, I was like, I'm sorry, I just I can't believe that this that Rocky is still fighting that hard at, at the end. Like I know they want to give him his heroic moment, but I think they could have come up with a better way for him to save face and still be the hero of the city, but realistically dude he, he shouldn't he shouldn't still be standing up at the end of that fight um so i i just i didn't i didn't like that um now again still an enjoyable movie i liked it but i think probably i didn't like it as much because it didn't have the same effect of seeing rocky at that stage of his life because i'd already seen these creep movies so gotcha. i i think that's probably a, a major factor in it so i was coming at the movie very differently from where you were coming at it when you saw it um so next after that 
Rocky Four because I think as you described it, it's basically just a collection of music videos. <laughs> it's, they're just they're strung together like, but they're really entertaining music videos. Oh, it's, absolutely! It's a it's a fun movie to watch in the sense of it's it's like an eighties action movie with like zero zero actual like story like like you could write like the actual plot you could put in just like a three sentence script, but. It's it's watchable. It's fun. The, like the characters are big. It's like the, the music, the the survivor songs are you know they kick ass and everything like that. Um, but it's also I mean it, it it's deeply flawed because of how shallow it is and what it takes where it takes the characters and, and the end for uh, for Rocky and Apollo and stuff like that. Uh, so then number five I guess would be Creed, the first Creed. Um, and again, I just, I still love that movie. I still think it's great. Um, so when we get to the next four, the top four, this is where it gets tough because they're like all, a lot of them are really neck and neck. And at my number four spot, I have Rocky two. Now there are so many ways that I think Rocky two is better than Rocky. And it's just like, like so much of like the first two acts and everything. And, and as you were saying, the way it explores the characters, the way it develops Rocky and Adrian and Apollo, especially and like Pauly and kind of, it just, it does a whole lot of things well, but it does run long. Um, the, the scene with, you know, with, uh, Adrian's coma, um, I, I think that could have been trimmed down. The fact that you basically have two fight montages back to back, and then his whole thing was going to see Father Carmine before the fight. I was like, we could have scaled this back. Um, and those, then tra- those training montages are awesome, though. They are. They are great. I think like, the, I th- I would have to say not to, not to interrupt you for more than a second. I think when I think in my mind's eye of my favorite training montages in the entire series would maybe the. Ex- I mean, the Rocky, the Rocky Four one, especially uh, the Hearts on Fire one, is good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, and of course, and there's, a, I have a sentimentality to the one for the Rocky Three one with when after the Adrian speech. But to me, there's something about that double whammy of after Adrian says win in Rocky Two when he's training really yeah. hard and then he's feeding Robert and he puts him down and then gonna fly now Blair's and he's running in the street with the kids. I think that. To me, that's to me that's so iconic, and not just I think because that's the first movie that of the series I saw in the theater, but mm-hmm. I think that was, to me when I think of the series, I really think of so I I think those montages to me are the are arguably the best along with the opening montage from Rocky Three, mm-hmm. but but and, and yeah, and I I agree with that. I I love it. I just think maybe structurally, pacing wise, putting them so close together, I don't know about. Um, and then hang on. Sorry, I had to cough. Um, And then I I think, like, as I was saying, like, there's a lot about the last fight between Rocky and Apollo and Rocky 2 that I like, but I just, something about, I didn't like it as much as their first fight. Um, Parts of the, parts of the fight felt too clean, too polished. Um, And then, so then at number three, I would have Rocky 3 just above that. Now, this one is tough for me to judge, and Rocky Two and Rocky Three are like neck and neck. But I think part of it is just I, I fundamentally I like the story, I like the structure of having being being at the best, being the champ, having that, and then losing it, and then having to come back 
to, to like to find a new way like everything that we've been talking about because just above Rocky three is Creed two and we talk about how how much they parallel I guess I just I like this story structure this kind of formula of what they do in these two movies I like the way it plays out for Rocky I like the way it plays out for Adonis um, so just yeah those two and then I still for number one even though it has a lot of problems in there it's it's slow and it's quiet and it's messy at times just as is a work of film and cinema I still think Rocky is the best one um, it's not necessarily the one that I want to rewatch the most probably probably not at all um, but I think it is the best made movie and just what it means to sort of cinema and and the legacy that it created is, is really important um, but yeah in terms of watchability it, it, that Rocky isn't necessarily but it's still I, I still love it so I think it's I agree I think it's because when we did this before, I did the I split into my favorites and then the quality. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Rocky is absolutely the original. It's hard to say that as a film, the original Rocky is not structurally everything about it, the story, how it got made, the, you know, everything mm-hmm. is not the best. I would agree. So just going through again through my list real quick, uh, starting from again working from the bottom up. Uh, Rocky Five, of course. Yeah. Uh, Rocky Four. Yeah. Again, noting as you said, Rocky Four. Is a highly I would describe Rocky beside not go, moving beyond that cute little video uh, music videos label. Rocky <laughs> Four is an extremely re, highly rewatchable, not good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch Rocky Four almost any time I can, uh, but it's not a great movie. It just has right. a lot of really cool scenes in it. A lot of right. cool scenes in an otherwise not particularly good movie. Right. Then I have Rocky for the mainly for the reason you said because I agree. Rocky, to me, is not a very rewatchable movie, which is not the only criteria, or else obviously Rocky Four would be higher on my list. But Rocky is not, if I'm Rocky is slow. It's much more of a kind of an artsy kind of film than a pure boxing movie. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's important to watch if you're going to watch if you want to get to know the character. You should start and just watch them in order. But if I have my choice of watching Rocky movies, Rocky Rocky is going to be really far down on the list of which ones I'm going to want to watch. Mm-hmm. Then I have the original Creed. Then I have Creed Two. Then I have Rocky Balboa. Then I have Rocky Two, and Rocky Three will still remain uh, because of, because of some of the things you echoed because of the themes. Mm-hmm. That the theme for Rocky Three it was really interesting. I've said this before. It, it, it I can relate. Not that I've been super successful in my life, but I can still relate conceptually <laughs> to the idea that. That this was born, this was a personal story born, born from Stallone's own experiences. That because yep. you, you're always taught how to deal with failure, you're not taught how to deal with success. So mm-hmm. when you become a, a success, especially overnight, how do you maintain what it took to get you there and who you were before? Right. And so where they, you know, where's, that's where the eye of the tiger concept came from. Everything else. So that that it's a very compelling story. They did it. It was written in a very smart way. That I mean, maybe did they have to kill Mickey off? Maybe not. Blah 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 blah. But you know, the reality is, it was a clever way to keep Apollo and bring bring Apollo and Tony back and keep them in the series when they seemingly didn't have a role going forward. And it was a and I like that. Obviously, Mr. T is such a great villain. I mean, Mr. T is as cool mm-hmm. as Dolph Lundgren's Drago was. You know, he wasn't—he was literally physically larger than life, but Clubber Lang as a personality was larger than life. So right. and scary, and, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, yes, and and scary. And you could. So I, 
and I do think just to, and I still even though I I've changed my mind I used to just say God if they had just kept it that original trilogy then I think these movies would have held up so much better but then you had Rocky Four which was made a lot of money but mm-hmm. it's not and Rocky Five obviously was right into the crapper so but now that we've had Balboa and we've had Creed and we've had Creed Two. That certainly the franchise now it kind of looks like even for people because a lot of people still like Rocky Four and don't even think Rocky Four was bad. Almost everybody just zeroes in on five. So so yeah, and I know some people don't like th- don't like three as much, which I don't get. But I may be partial again. I may be partial to three based on the age group I was in when that came out, and and again the personal story behind it. How you know I've said before that, but from based on what Stallone had said that Rock that the basically Rocky Four story. This, uh, fighting a Russian was originally what he had in mind for Rocky Three, mm-hmm. and then the, his personal experiences and everything going on, you know, with leading the, what, the, the divorce from his first wife Sasha and all, all everything that happened to him, the good and the mm-hmm. bad, that created the Rocky Three story, which I think makes that movie so good because it's per- because it is so personal. Right. So that one is it's not, I don't think it's the most it's it's not the highest quality movie, and in my quality list it's actually towards the bottom. Yeah. Even though it looks, I mean, it's nicely done. I mean, I that opening, the opening of them, the opening of actually the opening of most of the Rocky movies are really good. Obviously, they've become a, they've changed from Rocky Balboa on. They've changed. They were not as in the same format, but especially Rocky. Rock, yeah. Rocky three also shows its age and the era in which it was made. Yeah, it's, it's, hair, it's an eighties movie. There's no doubt. Not just yeah. because of Hulk Hogan either, but yeah, Hulk Hogan with hair. Um, <laughs> But just you know, the beginning of Rocky two, you know, with the the way the, the way they begin it, Rocky three with that Eye of the Tiger montage is just magnificent. And yeah, yeah, but I mean, so again, thinking like, yeah, I mean, we we can argue, you know, the order of these things, and we you know we have different orders, we have different tastes, and and again, looking at the rewatchability, the the pure fun and and enjoyment factor versus the quality of filmmaking and and sort of artistic value of them. We can break those down and nuance them, but ultimately I think we're both of the opinion that out of eight movies in this franchise, there's only one that's like bad. Yeah. Seven of the movies are really fun or enjoyable or entertaining to some degree or another, like even either moderately so or very much. That's a really good average for a movie, for a franchise that's going eight movies to have seven of them that are Hell yeah, I'll watch that. Like just flip yes. the channels. That's that's really good. It is. It holds up. It holds up really, really well. And 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 you, especially when you consider that the worst one everybody thought was going to be the last one for for, <laughs> for like almost what for like how how many Rocky a decade like like at least must have been at least fifteen or sixteen years because I keep forgetting it. I think Rocky. I think Rocky Five was ninety one. I think, but either way, Rocky Balboa wasn't until two thousand six. So for the longest time, even when even from the time Stallone first started dreaming of Rocky Balboa before it ever, you know, before you know he ever he, he were able he was able to convince like you know that whichever, whichever versions of Chertoff and Winkler were still alive at that point <laughs> or, or the Descendants, because obviously that's been a family kind of the tradition in the Rocky series that you know. Chartoff and Winkler have been producers in all these movies, even if it's not the same two anymore because of age, that the reality is that in order to convince them, which was almost like a mini version of getting the first one, 
not is not com- completely, but it was just the because of again the older rock, you know, the older character fighting again, you know, uh, George Foreman style, you know, basically that was a hard sell. Clearly, I mean, it, it, understandably so. And after Rocky Five, it maybe it was probably an even harder sell. But still, but Rocky not, Five was Rocky Five was nineteen ninety. So was it was ninety. Okay, years. it was ninety. Yeah, I always get that confused in my head. So, so it was sixteen years. So, but so. For the longest time, that bad taste in everybody's mouth was that was that was Rocky, that was going to be the end of the the end of the character, and then mm-hmm. so because because of the fact that the character had was had been brought back, and in such an endearing way, and with a lot more in a way, I mean Rocky always was a really good guy. But but they've added you know but they've added you know the 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 wisdom and the the wisdom and the. The lifetime experience, intelligence, mm-hmm. that factor that you get from from being older that that it's really fun to see. But what, you know, even though it's sad, it's tragic on many levels because Rocky, how alone Rocky is, you know, his relationship with Robert, which seemingly was going to be okay at the end of Rocky Balboa, obviously didn't quite work that way uh, until the, until hopefully finally at the end of Creed two. But the uh, you know but. Even though he's people started dying off on him and it was sad, is us the per you know he still he still became, was the the essence of the man that he was and he still had something to give back and this the experience and everything the good and the bad that he experienced, you know, so and it's and it's and it's it was a very nice touch, Kugler's idea about you know bringing, you know having the Creed and Balboa legacies combined and mm-hmm. continuing that and yeah I think that so. Yeah, it's a very, I think it's a very, very successful franchise with very, with arguably only one major, major pitfall and pothole in it, and I think that's that's pretty impressive. Most, yeah. most you have, you're lucky if you have one or two good movies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even like Friday the Thirteenth, for God's sake, something which is not <laughs> supposed to be good to begin with. Now I think there's more than one movie. I mean. I don't even like the first one. In all honesty, the first ones, <laughs> I, I I like the even ones make me happy. I like two. I like. Ha ha ha! Final chapter, which was four <laughs> and six, and that's kind of where it stops because we know we don't want to talk about Jason takes Manhattan. But the point is, you know, even with almost all those series, like we talked about Halloween. I mean, Halloween is you're hard pressed to have more than like three, three, maybe four decent movies in the whole entire franchise, and the ones that are bad are pretty bad. <laughs> so that's that's a real testament to this, which is another reason why I do, I would like them not to continue it, or at least mm-hmm. not for a while. Or make right. sure you have a really relevant story. Just because he's not going to be in the movie doesn't mean Stallone can't be involved in the in the writing process. Right. So just come up with a good concept that would make sense, and then I'm okay with it. But don't do it just because this movie it did end up making a decent amount of money more than the first movie did. Eventually, it took a while to do. I just don't think it was rolled out in all the foreign countries. Uh, it was rolled out slower than a lot of other movies, but it did make a significant amount, certainly overseas, more than Creed did. But yeah, I if they end it right now, I'm happy. And but it was this movie was really good, so I'm glad we got to. I know we had wanted to do this for a while, and it's just a matter of getting it in. Right. So I'm glad we got it done. Yeah, me too. I mean, yeah, I I, I love the movie. I loved the first time I saw it. It's been it's been a joy to revisit. So yeah, cool. Thanks for having me on the show. You're always welcome. So here's here's your here's your pitch time. Pitch your pitch your podcast and everything else. 
Yeah, uh, I am a member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. You can find several of my shows there. Cheers Cast, which is my indexing show of the 1980s sitcom Cheers. A few other shows in various states of activity or not. Um, Very soon, actually probably by the time you hear this, uh, we will have unveiled our latest show, Fire and Water Records, which is a music anthology podcast. So uh, various members of the network uh, are going to be doing – I mean, it it could spotlight you know – a single song or, a, you know, a top 10 favorite songs of a particular artist or band or something like that. Um, the first show out of the gate that we're going to be doing, um, me and my brother are talking about the year 1993 and all of the music that came out that year and, and how special it was for us because that was kind of a, a watershed year for us and, and the music that we liked and what affected us as we were growing up and kind of, uh, you know, just growing into the, the men that we became and what that meant. So we're going to be doing episodes like that. So, yeah, if you... If you want to talk about comics or movies or TV shows or music, you know, now we can come over to the Fire and Water Podcast Network because we got, you know, 30 different podcasts about stuff. It's a lot of podcasts, but <laughs> but you guys do a good job. So that's all that So that's all that matters, my friend. Ah, there you go. That's right. Uh, so let me wrap up on our end. Uh, obviously, lanterncast.com and lanterncast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag GLCast to find us on either of those. iTunes and Stitcher, people, whichever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, 708 Lantern is the voicemail. And let us know what you think. And next week, I don't think Chad and I know yet, but probably the Green Lantern, I'm going to guess, whatever number it's up to probably six i don't know if you think it's six uh that's probably what we'll do so once again thank you ryan for coming on i'm sure we'll be doing more of these uh out of curiosity did you see us i haven't seen it no no i was just curious if you saw that uh and i'm gonna i'm going to be seeing shazam real soon and then we'll count down the end game baby Mm-hmm. Down the end game. Just please stop showing more footage. They don't need to. Just I know, stop. I know. You think they would have learned the lesson at the age after Ultron? And I'm going to continue to rail about that. It's not yeah. going to hurt them like it did, I think, with Ultron. But but they don't need to show anything. Just stop. Right. <laughs> it's only like two weeks away now, give or take. Just stop. <laughs> but that's it. My rant's over. Well, good night, everybody. Good night.